Mike? I think we're on. I think we're on the thing. And I cannot tell if anyone has okay. showed up yet. All right. No, we'll just wait for them to come in. Okay, now I'm gonna now I gotta tag everyone. Um <laughs> Oh, and I need my music. Um, you will not hear the music, I believe. Oh, okay. But um, I'm using pretzel rocks. Uh, I don't know. If two people. It could be me and you that are in that are in the thing. Huh. I It'll be fun. We can play Flight Simulator. I'll yeah. love it. <laughs> totally. No, I would do that. We okay, just... some friends who will come. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, now I must tag 17 people. <laughs> um... All right, Jeremy. Schmutter. Oh, wait, my pretzel, my pretzel rocks music. Playing browser. <laughs> awesome. You got to be care careful with the music. I don't know if you've done streaming or anything like that before. Um, no, I haven't. They'll, they'll basically they'll burn you for copyright. Oh yeah, I actually I did a musicians in the law course, so I, oh. I just learned about that. So someone like you could burn me for copyright. One of these. Yeah. Days. Well, I won't. Don't worry. Okay, cool. Not today. What do we say to the law? Not today. <laughs> yeah, damn right. Um, okay, now I'm tagging everybody. I turned on Orbnet. We got a couple people coming in. We got a couple people awesome. in the chat. Um, Hello, friends. Matt Kreshi. Man, people have these tags that are so complicated. <laughs> it's like two underscores. I think underscores are just maybe one underscore in the middle is not so bad, but it's dangerous for getting people to know your your thing. Yeah, it's like nobody nobody is gonna mentally. Retain underscores. I have to yeah. let my cat out. Uh, out of here, Oh, oh my God! Do you have a cat? Are we gonna see your yes. cat? I don't know. She doesn't like to be seen. She is uh -huh. like the night. Her name is Omen. That's a great cat name. That's intense, actually. <laughs> uh, and then my dog's name is Nemo, because that's Omen backwards, and also Latin for nobody. So it's like the most badass pet names you could possibly come up with, in my opinion. Hold on a second. Your what's name is Nemo? My dog. And Nemo, Nemo is Owen backwards. <laughs> That's true. Yes. Um. Okay, I think it's I think it's jokes time. We got it. Okay. All right. Oh, hello. Hello, Miss Billy. Hello, Buffalo Jones. Uh oh. I, I know who you are. I know who you are, Miss Billy. <laughs> I'm not going to say, but, but I know who you are. 
Hello. Welcome. Auxiliary wits. Oh, hi, Sarah. Oh, gosh. You're getting the Sarah Nemo. Everybody give us just a moment to set up. We're, we're managing dog. We're managing uh, me tagging everybody. She'll just have to be the star of the show. That way she'll be quiet. Oh, they, that, that's your dog. I've seen that dog on your fleet. <laughs> yes. Yep. She's already fleet famous. Okay, nice. I, I just tagged everybody. Sweet. Oh, God. All right, nice. Well, I I'm set up. Sounds like okay. sounds like Nemo's ready to go. Um, <laughs> the uh, but we didn't get any jokes. I no. Okay, here I have one. I have one. Yes. What's the best thing about Switzerland? I don't know what. Okay, I don't know, but the flag is a big plus. Nice, nice, <laughs> nice. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I was pretty happy about it. I enjoyed that one. Yeah. G give me, give me one more. <laughs> okay. Um. Wait. Miss Billy has one. Why six afraid oh, good, of nine? Good, good. Six um, afraid of nine. But that doesn't make sense. Um. Why is six afraid of nine? Because nine, eight, seven, six. Uh oh. It's nine, eight, seven. I don't entirely follow. Sevens. Mm. Sub servo free. <laughs> to see you. Welcome oh, no. to this podcast. Oh, we got to follow. It's Art Code Love. What's up, Art Code Love? Thank you. Thank you for following. Thanks for coming by. All right. <laughs> well, that was a hell of a joke. Um,. <laughs> With that, why don't we? Why don't we? We can do more jokes as we go, but we need to get up in the air. Um, yes, so, let's do it. So maybe, um, if I may call you that, Ms. Gray. Absolutely. Um, where do you want to fly today? <laughs> we didn't actually talk about. Um, this. Where can we fly? Can we go to like I don't know Dubai somewhere I haven't been? Yeah, we could go literally anywhere in the world. Okay. As, lo as long as that place well, is represented was, on Bing Maps. The what? Okay, let's see. I'm so excited. Yeah. Du Dubai would be cool. We you can know, do also do a few places. <laughs> Wait, you said it's a full moon? It is a full moon tonight. Full moon stream? Yep. Where's yep, Dubai? The energy's going to be fun. The energy's going to be weird. It's in... Um, I don't know. UAE. The the other side of the world. <laughs> uh, you know what? Let's do Dubai. That sounds cool. I love it. Let's do it. And then we can... I, I don't even know where it is. You what? I don't even know where it is. I just know that they have like lots of cool buildings. And I wonder if they will have like a cool skyline or something when we land. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh yeah, should, we could go to there. We so we could go to Dubai. Huh? No, wait, don't quit the game. Oh um, yeah, that was my thought. The cold moon, Madagascar, Easter Islands. Got a variety of. So we have twenty people in the chat right now, maybe. Hello. So nice to see you guys. Is it the cold moon? I imagine the moon must always be pretty cold, but I imagine that has some sort of mythic meaning to you. Wait, that's three hours. I don't want to do a three hour long. Do. Oh goodness. Hour twelve. It's nice to see you guys. Oh hi Zachary Hundley. Nice to see you. And maybe I like you... just settling. Nice. Sorry, yes. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. We might have a little delay, but we'll we'll make it work. Um do you have a preference on the plane that we ride? Oh I, I like a shiny one. Oh wait, is this one small? That we have represented right now on the screen. That one's cute. It what? looks like only the two of us could fit in it. The blue one? <gasps> yeah, a little one. A little one where it's like all nice and cozy. A cozy little one. So maybe the dot, maybe the blue one. I maybe like the blue you're... one. We're using the blue one. Blue feels like stealthy to be up in the sky and also the color of the sky. Right. All right. Well, let's let's get rolling. Let's see the Kaaba fly to Mecca. Damn. Oh yeah, wait, my controller. I gotta pull again. How's the audio, everybody? Can you hear both of us well? Perfect. Excellent. That's what I like to hear. Thanks, Art Code Love. Yeah. <laughs> How was your day, maybe? It was really nice. I had a really lovely day. We walked the dog. We, uh, me and my boyfriend listened to a nice, like, Ram Dass lecture, very zen, very lovely, hanging out downstairs with the roommates, playing Liar's Dice. Do you know that game? It's, like, from the Pirates of the Caribbean movie. <laughs> right. I think it's, it's probably, uh, yeah, I think I've played it before. What is it? You guess the number of dice. Yeah, you all, you all smash a cup full of dice on a table, and then you have to bet on how many of each number of dice are represented on the table. It's fun. I, I like I like when you pick a game out of like a piece of fiction or something like that. Or I guess maybe right. the game was already there. But either way, it's fun to hear of something in a game and then play it yourself. By the way, we're we're in our plane now. We are loaded up. So we can also pick times of nice. day. I have uh Ooh. we can kinda like do an early morning. Oh, look, the moon. The moon. Oh, yes. We need the moon in honor of the, the full moon. That okay. sounds lovely. Let's do the moon. I'm going to do one thing just so it's not completely dark. I learned how to do this recently. I can uh, change the gamma. Uh, I can change the gamma. So I'm going to change the gamma. Our brain is so cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll, we'll talk about... We'll hit, oh, wait, let me just set up this filter. We'll talk about um, Name of the Wind at some point, but... Oh, good. Yes, I love that idea. Oh, that's too much gamma. Too much gamma. Let's do like a point, point four four. How does that look on screen? You can play Liar's Dice online. That's actually a cool idea. Oh. Yeah, that is fun. No, not three. Yeah, because it's just odds. It would be pretty easy to represent. All right, I've screwed with the gamma. It should be a little more visible. All right, 
It is, uh, <laughs> what is it, 6 Hello? in the morning? Sorry, I'm excited about the chat. No. <laughs> okay. You're doing the right thing. You're, you're doing the right thing. Our, Good. We're, we're, in our, we're in our plane. Um, I'm very bad at this game, just so you know. And it has okay. been a recurring theme. What's up, Sadal Sood? Um, it's been a... How do I even... How do I get us going? Oh, yeah. Turn up the turn up the power. <laughs> it's been a recurring theme that God damn it. <laughs> that I don't know how to run this how to, I don't know how to fly this goddamn plane. We'll be we'll be off the, the oh, ground shortly. <laughs> Cause what? Okay. Is it is it because it's so tiny? Oh look at how little it is inside. It's so great. It's very small. And save. Okay. All right, we got. Oh no no, we're moving. We're moving. Okay, we're moving. I just had okay. to turn on the ship. Gotta be more. <laughs> you guys think? You guys, I have faith in Patrick Rothfuss. He will give us the third book. We have to have positive vibes about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, our plane is moving. The um. Oh no! Did you see? So, welcome. I'm all in favor to this of. Welcome, Irresistica. Thank you for joining us. Um, I'm all in favor of. All right, we're off the ground. We're moving. I'm gonna go towards the moon. Yes. I'm gonna go towards the moon. Right um, to the moon. To this podcast. I'm going into the moon. Welcome, first twenty-eight. <laughs> um, so this is the thing with. Oh yeah, I gotta put away the wheels. Okay, we're we're going up. We're going up. I think we're like in Saudi Arabia right now. Welcome to this cool. podcast. Welcome, it feels Hanjo. Like great. It feels like what? Nice and gray. We're yeah. into the gray. It's as we promised. And the sky looks kind of beautiful. The sky does look kind of beautiful. Our altitude is 880, 90 feet, I think. Or maybe that's meters. Hi, Vecnan. Nice. Vecnan working on his podcast. That's what we like to see, sir. <laughs> um, we were talking about the the uh, the Pedagrafa. So people give him people get so upset at that guy for like not having the book out. Um, mm -hmm. And he gets really defensive about it. And I occasionally have this thought where I'm like, I could fix this. Like, I feel like I could fix it. Like, I feel like I could, like, if I had the time, you know, like, if I had the, you know, the space to do it, just to sit down and, like, talk to him about, like, how are you feeling about it? What's the pressure like? I I'm sure he has people doing that, but I think I could do it. I don't know. That's my thought yeah. about that. <laughs> just needs to be charmed a little, is your thought. <laughs> I mean, a little charmed, a little healed, you know? Yeah. Um, I think... Don't we all? <laughs> yeah. The, he was on this show. There's this meme that people were making. <laughs> he was on this show, like, Finding the Mothman or something like that. Mm. But it's like, why were you oh, on... This is so no, it is nice. No, we are not talking about Yukowski Vecnan. We're talking about Patrick Rothfuss, author of... The Name of the Wind and the sequel, Wise Man's Fear, which maybe you've been reading. 
Yes, I have been reading The Wise Man's Fear, and it's fantastic. I have, like, stolen my, my Twitter handle from it and everything at this point. I, no, I did notice that. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Is this your first re- read-through? Yes, yeah. I, I didn't know anything about it until I uh, got the, the, the books that are out from my boyfriend for uh, yeah. for Christmas or something like that. It's a good gift. I um, So I read these books. I'm kind of OG on Patrick Rothfuss books because oh. <laughs> I finished the last Harry Potter book in high school when I was working mm-hmm. in a fucking um, in a ice cream shop. And I got an email from Borders.com or Borders. Yeah, Borders Books, which I think doesn't exist anymore. And they said, are you done with Harry Potter? Do you need a new book? Um, and I huh. did need a new book. So I got I got that. But that, that was a while ago. Yeah, I used to read a lot of fantasy books uh, as a kid. And then when I got like, I don't know, maybe like closer to being 18, I sort of like aged out of that young adult fiction section. Right. It was like getting repetitive and um, formulaic and stuff. So I didn't really know where to go from there. And that's when like started university and my workload got bigger and stuff. So I just kind of like lost touch with fiction for quite mm. a while. Um, and it was like, it felt, um, felt scary, like vulnerable to start reading fiction again. Um, because it kind of felt like maybe something of my childhood, like having like stuffed animals or like Mm. playing Sims until 3am. It was like a frivolous thing of my childhood that I was like, Oh, am I allowed to still read fiction? But I, I read aloud to my boyfriend all the time. And it's like a bonding thing for us. And I find that like reading fiction really like shifts my perspective in a mm-hmm. way that I like, I like myself better after kind of the way you feel better after you exercise or something like that. It's like, it just right. changes the whole frame of mind. Yeah. It's interesting. I think I relate to that. I, I read a lot of Lovecraft in the last few years, which is a whole other thing, but yeah. Um, but it's kind of similar. I, I do, even though it's like spooky stuff. By the way, we're, we're over the desert, it looks like. I think I'm going to try to increase the gamma once again. We're going to pump the gamma. So vast. Oh, I like seeing the stars, too. Hmm. Let's do a 0.66. 0.76. Let's try that. Get a little brighter. Um... People are talking about, oh yeah, Red Rising is good. Have you ever read Red Rising, maybe? Benny no, Jones. I haven't heard of that. Do, do, do like badass, do like space Romans sound cool to you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, it makes me think of Firefly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it does have a little bit of that. Um, if you like space Romans, you got to check out Red Rising. It is like, it's sort of, it's like almost like pornographic in how cool it is. Um, (laughs) That sounds great. Which Name of the Wind is also kind of like that in a different way, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, uh, it's like, it's, it's so 
engaging. Everything that happens has so much, I don't know, emotional punch. And things are really woven nicely into each other. Like, I remember Felorian's name from The Name of the Wind, even though she's not really in that book at all. Right. Oh, is she in that book? She's not in the first one. She's in the wise in a wise the wise man's fear, but she's just like 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 her name. Like they just uh-huh. refer to her in passing and say nothing about her. In oh, the first book. cool! So when I saw her name in the second book, I'm like, oh yeah, like some sort of mythical thing. I don't know what this is. Right. I don't know what this is, but I like it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Having gotten a little bit of altitude, by the way, I'm going to start turning us towards our destination of Dubai. Because why don't we just fucking go to Dubai? And we're, we had a choice. We got a choice about whether to go over land, over water. Um, we got some desert vibes, even though the sun is just rising here. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're gonna. I, th- I feel like we're gonna get some cool desert, you know, sun coming up over the horizon soon enough. Yeah, that's good vibes. That's like we're off on like a spiritual journey through the sky. Yeah. At this point, maybe I'll turn off the HUD and hope we don't <laughs> hit the ground. Um, sorry, camera. Off. F11, apply and save. Excellent. All right, well, what's chat talking about? Revising is easy and very smoothly written. It's like Hunger Games, if the Hunger Games was about... 18 times better. <laughs> I never read The Hunger Games. You were unremarkable. You didn't well, like and it. that was like, the first one. yeah, it was like a trilogy. And like the first one was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Like it was like for Lake, but it was fine. And then it kind of descended into like things that made absolutely no sense to me and were like antithetical to the whole spirit of the series. And I was like, how did this go so wrong? So strange. But they're super. Are they popular, or did they just make a movie out of it? Like, they have to be popular. I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know, actually, if the books are popular, Hell or if yeah, people just enjoyed the movies, or I don't yeah. even... I'm, I'm not somebody who, like, finds out numbers or quantifies things. Like, other people are in charge of that in my life. Other people let me know what critics think and, like, what frequencies are. I'm just in my own little bubble most of the time. <laughs> I think it's a good way to be with literature, but I have to interrupt briefly because Meta Potato just used, just did some special thing using Twitch that I don't understand that caused my, a sound to happen that has never actually been played on stream, which is my hell yeah, that's what I'm talking about, plus Tom Cruise sound. And I think it's like a donation. Is it a subscription? Oh shit, it's a tier one subscription. This is an inaugural event for my oh. Twitch channel. Um, so we were very happy about that. We were very happy about that. I just wanted to say something about that. Um, (laughs) Vecum, (laughs) that is how I feel. That is how I feel, Vecton. The thing you said that I, that I actually can't repeat here that I do feel like that. I think I feel like that. Everybody's (laughs) so happy for you. Yeah. Um, okay. But maybe. Um, Hello. Have you read uh, The Last Unicorn? Oh, I haven't read The Last Unicorn either. Okay, let me just Google this while the plane flies itself to see who it's by. Um, 
The Last Unicorn. They made a film about it in 1982, which I have not seen. Um, the author is Peter S. Beagle, who Patrick Rothfuss says inspired him as a writer. And when you read it, you can definitely tell. So what I'm saying is mm-hmm. a, a lot of what's good about like Name of the Wind, if you um, read... <clears throat> If you read uh, The Last Unicorn is there. It just is like there's something very powerful, poetic, like a lot of the cool vibes that are there you can find in, in Peter S. Beagle. So that's my recommendation to you. And it's very short. Okay. Good. Oh, that's interesting. Short is fun. <clears throat> I like when you can like, I don't know, like immerse yourself in it and then like come out the other end and be like, whoa, that changed me. Yeah. That's my recommendation. Um, awesome. I really appreciate like fiction recommendations because like I said, it's like I like fell out of touch with it when it wasn't like directly advertised in my face or something like that. Somehow like young adult like novels are so visible and it's hard to like know what's good in, in like, I don't know, adult genres or whatever. Yeah. The, um, Oh, you have a Blu-ray of it, Sam. That's awesome. (laughs) Oh, Blu-ray of The Last Unicorn. It's <laughs> pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I'll just keep our map up here. The, I love uh, this, like, dusty gray vibe that we've got. There's a lot going on with it. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, rich and complex. So, wait, you're... So, we're doing this thing. We're doing this chat mm-hmm. or whatever, but we, we actually haven't had, like, a conversation in real life before except for our little setup no not really um so yeah no and yeah so you're a visual artist yes at times that's true tell me more about that if you will because you're because you're noticing the aesthetics all over the place and it seems like that's something you're into oh (laughs) yeah i i never i never did a lot of like painting class or anything like that but i have couple of artists in my family and it's always been something that I like didn't have to be told to do it was something that I was drawn to doing um so I've always kind of sketched and painted and um done whatever I could get my hands on really if I got the chance to sculpt something I was into that and I um I got to do a lot of artwork in my clowning training as well it was like um it was treated as kind of like the more primary form of expression. And it was like a core part of our learning was to paint things and express things visually and not verbally. Um, and and I, I think that that kind of put me back in touch with it. Uh, visual painting is something that's so much more accessible to do when you're busy and you don't have time to like set up and take down all of this like actual stuff in the material world. And I, I got into doing these color studies, and that's what I've been working on lately, is uh-huh. working from something real and just noticing the values in it and translating them into color um, and keeping all of those different values distinct so that it has this sort of, I don't know, trippy, posterized sort of feeling. But right. I think uh, just like being friends with Visa on uh, Twitter and stuff like that, it and 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 finding it like piqued my curiosity to do things this way has uh, kind of put me on the path of maybe like trying to do a hundred different pieces in this particular style um, before I move on to something else. And it's um, fun to like go through little phases 
like that uh-huh. with art like have like oh this is my thing that i'm doing right now but that doesn't mean i'm that kind of artist or something like that because six months from now i'll be doing something completely different okay but you so you've been doing a bunch of digital art and you're saying you're doing the color studies yeah texas gunner's loading up a ball that's the right that's the right vibe man that is the right vibe (laughs) the uh uh philosophers on twitch playing flight simulator endorses and follows all local and state laws um and federal laws as well in every (laughs) every country um that it may be broadcasted in um including saudi arabia uh the uh you should you could talk to um what's his face to harvey krishna about that about the color thing um oh yeah that's a good idea because he he and i um kind of early on in our like hanging out on twitter thing we talked about just like palettes you know um and just like Mm. it like i feel like like here like our 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 you know our skyline here right we got what do we got this is one of those puzzles where you're like i'm not i'm not like really a visual artist i screw around i i do have fun with the with the photoshop with you know the show or whatever but it's one of those things where yeah thank you that's more just fun energy coming through rather than rather than i don't know artistic skill but it's like the thing i think is when i look at something like this my first thought is it's purple but then you actually look and you're like no Mm. this is something else like this is gray it's i don't even know the names of the colors you know what i'm talking about yeah absolutely that phenomenon yeah it's fun like when i look at it i can pick out like the most saturated colors are the blue of the plane and like this orange strip where yeah, it, yeah. the sunlight is still kind of coming through but then there's like cooler grays and warmer grays right. as well so like it almost gets kind of greeny in some of the places neon salmon <laughs> yeah, yeah the green yeah also behind Most us of the time, looks cool what's behind us it's kind of smokier oh cool yeah yeah i like one thing that i do with the color color studies is like disobey what the colors actually are Mm. um and still try to use the values as a guide but like visualize the colors that i want to see in the way that i want them to play together um and that's something that's, it's really fun, but it's really hard. It's one of the things that I've like started a lot of pieces and had them kind of go nowhere and just had to scale them back to the beginning and try again, which is like exciting. It's nice to be doing something that you like can't, you can't be successful every time you go for it. Like it, it's good to be in that zone where sometimes you make something that you're really proud of and other times you're like, what went wrong? I don't know what's going on with this piece. Yeah. Um, I feel like that about writing. Mm. I've been trying to do a little bit of sci-fi lately. But By the way, we got a request to fly through a cloud, so we're going to fly through this... Ooh, okay. Through this cotton candy desert cloud over here. It's not really look like the desert, actually. Oh, it's but... Yeah, no, we've definitely got some stuff going on underneath us at this point. Yeah. Look at that pink. Holy shit. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's kind of scary. It's like <laughs> it looks fleshy. It looks we're, we're fleshy. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Zach's talking about his uh, art lounge group chat. Is is that still going? I guess it is still going. We got some sun peeking through the clouds as well. So fun. I like seeing people find a group chat. A group <laughs> chat. <laughs> oh so, yeah, the sun peeking through it's really weird. The sun isn't is intense. Pin yeah. I want to um, be... Oh, there we go. We can see it. I'm going to put us inside the the cockpit for a second. And you can see it, it starts looking spooky. We're going to Dubai. Oh, cool. Sir Vogelfrey. Oh, yeah. We got some clouds coming in. We're going in. Oh, baby. Oh, we're not there yet. I keep thinking we're oh. there yet. But we're going there. Fun. Ooh, it feels cool. Yeah. <laughs> a little claustrophobic. It like feel yeah, I like felt it in my chest. <laughs> cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna screenshot this once my damn mouse will get out of the way. There we go. <gasps> we're in we're we're deep in this cotton candy cloud. Who knows what direction we're facing? Oh man, there's like a warmer part. Oh, it's so cool. We're in the gray. This is we're awesome. in the gray. We made. It. We're we're into the gray. Feels freeing exactly. and warm. Yeah, it feels kind of like I don't know, maternal. Like we're in the womb. You know, I I'm just. I think you might be in that group chat. We're, I'm in a group chat right now where we're getting some discussion of womb. And by oh the way, yeah. Look at this. Holy crap. Wow. Oh my gosh. So cool. <laughs> Such a strange, like, distorted sense of scale. Yeah. Inside a Himalayan salt oh, lamp. Wow. That's totally right. <laughs> Love it. Oh, yeah. Someone asked about weather conditions. You can see that there's some frozen stuff on my window right now. Um... Oh. This looks sick. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, it's fun to just take it in. It's, like, nice mm. to have a little bit of just, like, chill, quiet... Watching the scenery with everybody. Hmm. Boom discourse is popping. That sounds that that sounds somehow biological. Yeah, it's hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That's pretty Boom good. Joke. Thank you. <laughs> that's, like, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Womb discourse. Womb discourse. That's gross. <laughs> it's just positively crowning into the discourse phase. Yeah. Oh. 
man. Uh, birth, huh? What a concept. It's traumatic, apparently, for all of us. Yeah. I, guess, I imagine it's like the seed of the illusion of separation. It's the what of the illusion of separation? What do you call it? We're separated? It's Wait. like the... <laughs> just kidding. Um, <laughs> sorry. Wait. Explain everything you just said. Like, there's this way that we come into the world so literally tethered mm. to another person who loves us. And to come literally untethered from that gives us this sense that we are separate from love and wholeness and i think that that's something that you carry with you the whole rest of your life that's interesting i the uh i recently played this game called death stranding i don't know if anybody in the chat has played this game or, or if you play this game maybe um but it it has this whole theme of separation and stuff like that and you carry around this this little baby with you. It's actually I, I'm going down a bad path of it. Trying to explain oh, yeah. Death Stranding right now, but you may have seen some of the some of the animations and shit. Yeah. But anyway, there's yeah bridge. Ba you carry this baby around, and basically you're connected to it through a tube, and the baby helps you detect these ghosts, right? And so you're oh, like yeah, going. Yeah. You're going through this landscape, and the baby's, like, chilling and sleeping. But it starts, like, rustling and, like, getting upset when you're near these ghosts. And mm -hmm. anyway, I, I got a whole metaphorical interpretation. But there's a whole themes of, like, death and separation and, like, kind of, like, self-care and stuff like that. Norman Reedus is Yeah. In. Yes. Yeah, I like the trend of big actors being in the game. Mm -hmm. I like the walls, but all the media collapsing and everybody like being a free agent. Right, Keanu Reeves in the mm -hmm. Cyberpunk. Yeah, yeah. I've been uh, just talking with somebody recently too about my thoughts about like the the connection between death and fertility, and there is like a small death in being born, and maybe like a way that you're born when you die in in some other way that we don't understand yet. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even like super high or anything. I right. feel like as soon as I heard myself say it, it sounded like one of those, you know, hits blunt kind of thoughts. Right. But <laughs> full endorsement to it, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Birth and death. I, I, um, when I think about the birth thing, I think about Plato um, talks about, I think about like the, my thoughts that I have preloaded on this are about, maybe this is like as a man, I guess, you know, the the birth that I can do is a, is creative, right, of some type. And so he talks about how, you know, man, mankind wants to uh, procreate in a beautiful medium and that this is a driving force in life and things like that and that it expands from literal procreation to uh both you know like creating art creating intellectual work administering the state um but that that's what i have in my head about birth and i so i guess here here i have a question for you okay you you just said this is sort of a weird question you just said a thing about like birth and death how do you what do you do with that mm. thought does that make sense as a question um I wonder if I like take refuge in it 
like it that's that's the verb that comes up for me is like hmm. seek refuge and what do you mean by that uh there there's some sort of like serenity in the idea that there's something that links the points of highest contrast in being a human person um yeah. i think like we were just talking a moment before about separation. And I think that there's like an anxiety and feeling like you are separate from the world, but there's right. also an anxiety and feeling like things in the world are separate from each other, like good and evil um, or right and wrong. And, and to be able to see that these like seemingly diametric opposite things have some sort of internal links, some sort of internal coherence right. is like grounding on like a spiritual level. So it's kind of you're, you're trying to sort of draw, paint a picture that makes sense, that takes everything into account. Yeah, yeah. And um, and I think there's like maybe a, a way that I'm fascinated by the, a poetry that I read in the world around me. Like when I talk about birth and death being connected, it, it feels like it feels like um it has a, a meaning and it, it's a meaning that I see repeated like a motif in mm -hmm. so many different areas of life. And I, I, um, I, I take a lot of joy in, in studying that, that poetic side of the way that reality is organized. I think that I, um, I think a lot in the metaphors that it inspires in me. And I like communicating in those metaphors, but I don't get a chance to as often as I'd like. Right. How could you do that more? I don't know. I guess I could feel like less legible <laughs> if I was okay with being, I, I, I really feel like I was on some sort of like crazy mission to be understood for most of my childhood. I like didn't feel like people were really seeing me and I felt like they didn't believe that what I had to offer at that age could have some sort of merit or right. validity. And so I like worked on becoming like the most hyper articulate, precocious little girl and uh, being able to explain things so clearly and be so legible and so coherent to whoever I could be. Um, and then I, I, I feel like that gives me this sense in which I feel stifled around maybe like the clownier part of myself who wants to be like totally inconsistent and, right. um, and, and show all of that inconsistency in like full saturation, stark contrast. Like I don't, I, I want to be happy and then I want to be sad and I don't want to explain myself. I want to be both of those things a hundred percent. And I want, I want people to be on that roller coaster with me rather right. than trying like be legible i think if i gave myself more permission to be like that i could um i could i could like speak all of my weird his blunt thoughts and and like not mind that maybe that's not giving people what they want i don't know that's what comes to mind i suppose that's interesting i maybe i want you to make crazy art that represents that <laughs> that's the that's the thought that, that comes to me um, it's interesting because I, so like, I, I do a little bit of writing. I, I mean, in some ways this, even this, uh, you know, like philosophers on Twitch thing, it's like, you know, I'm not like 
always necessarily pouring my heart out or whatever, but it is, it is a creative thing, right? I'm trying to make something, right, that's like lands or whatever. And does, yeah. I, I, I kind of talk about this with Rival Voices when he and I get a chance to chat, but there's just this like crazy tension between like realness and like what you think people actually want. But then also people do like the realness, but then sometimes they don't like the realness. Um, that's kind of what comes to mind for me with what you're what you're what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, it's true, and I I can kind of see. I feel like maybe Rival said something about like just tweeting every disconnected thought uh, and like not holding himself to any standards just to like get himself to like a blank slate where he could actually say something that he thought if he wanted to kind of yeah. thing. And I can see the the virtue in that for sure. Like, um, I I feel like, um, I feel like I definitely sometimes like trip ahead of myself to give myself permission to fall when I'm really trying at something. Like, right. make make a fool out of myself on purpose so that when I try for real, and I feel you might think I was just doing it to make you laugh like last time. <laughs> right. Yeah. The. Uh... Yeah, that's interesting. When you, um, well, you, I guess we're getting into this. You retweeted the, uh, the thing the other day. You retweeted the, like, we're doing philosophers on Twitch thing the other day. And you were very complimentary. You were like, Aww. you're like, because he's great. I don't remember exactly what he said. He said it's charming. I was like, oh, yeah. And it was interesting because my impulse immediately was to show a flaw in the thing I was doing. I don't know if, how how like much consciously like yeah, that... it was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, for anyone who d does not follow every single one of my Twitter experiences, um, maybe retweeted me like saying you know we're going on the show, you know we're doing this thing, and I immediately commented like so I had spelled something wrong in like the promo images or whatever, and I thought about that later. I was like, why did I do that? <laughs> like why did that like? And there's just some, there's something about. By the way, we're breaking through the clouds here, and it's very beautiful. Um, there's something about... I like being able to publicly fuck up. It's something like that. Right. Right, yeah, how dare I compliment you and <laughs> give everybody all these high expectations of you that you didn't ask for. Yeah, you're, dra you're drawing a target on me. <laughs> That's how I feel. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, but. that... It, it, it is funny. Uh, there is like so many reasons not to be put on a pedestal. It's not a, a not a good thing to happen. Mm. I think I like doing things like this too because it breaks through the parasocial nature of Twitter for us to like, yeah, I mean, I guess there's like a parasocial aspect to it, obviously, but for you and I, right. we were like actually having a conversation with each other. And now right. when I see you on Twitter, I won't feel like right. I'm lying quite as much when I'm like, oh, there's my friend Michael. Yeah. <laughs> Michael. yeah. <laughs> what up? I was on a show, you know. Uh, How's chat doing? What, what is chat up to? Chad, are you there? You say you're great. Chad, yes, this is Chad. <laughs> Hi. Oh, hello, Chad. Hey, Chad. Hi. Oh. Okay. I'm fucking. It's very high. In pathos, is super me. weirded out that my name is Michael. That may oh, or yeah. may not. His name is Michael. Sorry, spoiler. <laughs> is uh. I like that most. Of are high. That's adorable. 
<laughs> I mean, hey, here we are. 14,000 meters in the sky or something. Oh, wow. We're not low. Oh, it's so pretty. Yeah. We're not low, that's for sure. <laughs> We're not low. We're not low. Interview Michael Kersey and Michael Ashcroft back to back, and I was like, well, welcome, Michael, again. Oh, that's great. I am excited to hear what Michael Ashcroft had to say. And I yeah. really enjoyed uh, your episodes with Michael and with um, with Harvey before, too. Those were both great. I loved live tweeting as if I was included. That made me really <laughs> happy. <laughs> I had fun with that. I liked that you were doing that. I was like, I was like re reloading the page. I'm like, post more comments. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was really fun. And I feel like it's it's fun to post like one side of a telephone conversation and then people will have to like be like, okay, what the hell are you talking about? I need to hear the other side of this conversation. And then they'll actually check out the podcast. That's my hope. Right. That's my viral marketing scheme. <laughs> we, we all have these schemes, don't we? Yes. <laughs> What's up, holy weather? I'm willing to You're willing to what? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm willing to to be honest about all of my schemes. I think it's good. And then people can be my big, giant, collective focus group and tell me whether or not I'm crazy. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, c come back whenever, holy weather. Beckon, Ashcroft is hot. Yeah. We cover a lot of yeah. stuff. I'll message you when I drop it. Keto flex. I've been telling... Michael Ashcroft that he was hot for so long when he was even just a little baby account. I and mean, it's like so right. fun to watch him grow up and become like the center of this Alexander Tech discourse and everything. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I like getting a so little jealous. I, I, yeah. I, yeah, I like getting a little jealous. I'm like, you fucking cocksucking something. But, the, but it's all good. But like people will just explode. Um, I'm not remembering the count. Yeah. Um, the person who's dating Fuhrer King. Um, oh. Everybody changed their handle all the time. I don't remember it exactly. It's not coming to me. But when she joined, she had like 300 people, and I was at like a thousand. Then she exploded to like 1,900. I'm like, you, yeah. you fucking bitch. <laughs> but. It is crazy. I remember like Power Bottom Dad coming out of yeah. nowhere and just all of a sudden like, wow, Power Bottom Dad hitting the scene. Everybody knows yeah. about it. And yeah. it's like, it's fun because it's always people I totally enjoy. But yeah, like why my tweets only get 10 likes? Like, who knows? This yeah. is a big mystery that I'm not here to solve. I'm just here to post more relentlessly forever, whether anybody is, uh, whether anybody is liking it or not. Yeah. By the way, I just dove a little bit. I went under some clouds. I try to hit different altitudes. Oh, wow. I feel like, strangely, like being like tilted down this way doesn't scare me as much as being tilted really like at a really steep angle upward. Like oh, yeah. I'm afraid of I'm afraid of driving up hills. Right. I don't like that feeling, that falling backward feeling. Right. I'm not okay. It gives me the heebie-jeebies. Immediately when you described it, I had to do it, but I, I'll, I'll cool it for now. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I would be scared if I was really in the plane, and then right. I would be mad. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, don't fucking do that. Look at this. There's some pretty cool graphics here. Like, if you look at the top of the plane on this 
net thing, like the the sunlight. That's kind of good. Yeah, yeah, and there's the lens flare that we get sometimes is also right. very pretty. Right. It's nice. It's satisfying, just like the teeniest, tiniest bit of my wanderlust that has not been satisfied all year. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, faux show. Yeah, I do feel like our corner of Twitter is like an oasis of pleasure and like a sea of hell. <laughs> nice. Like one of those underwater pools. Where yeah. It's all chill. <laughs> I, have you ever been to one of those underwater pools? No, but I would freaking love it. I would be so hype. Oh my gosh. I would be so excited. I love weird experiences. I think I, I went, like... <laughs> I think I went to one Sorry. in, in uh, Israel. I might have been. That is so cool. Yeah, it was, it was cool. Were you scared a little bit? Was it like a little bit eerie? Well, if we're thinking of the same thing, it, it was like, um, it was like caves, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was a little spooky, but it, it was pretty low-key. It was kind of resort-ish, so a little bit tamed, uh, if that makes sense. It wasn't totally... Uh, yeah, you weren't like out in the remote wilderness or anything. Right. What I would want to do, what I would love to do is... Man, I'm diving into these clouds, but it, it just feels like... Oh, wait, I don't even know how high I am. Oh, I might be like right by the ground. Oh, shit. <laughs> The chat can relate. <laughs> yeah, chat. Yeah. There you go. Um, I want to do something like that in like a cold place. I want to get like in a hot bath in a cold place. Like a hot water, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's That's, it, it, it's like a fun contrast to feel. Do you enjoy... Yeah, I watch a lot of horror movies. Sorry. Oh man! Oh yeah. Do I enjoy? Cooking? Let's talk about cooking. Yeah. I'm a vegetarian, so I don't cook any meat or anything like that. But I like cooking. Um, that's one of the times that me and my boyfriend will read to each other. So when the other one is cooking. When you're cooking. So it's always like a warm, fuzzy experience. Right. That's nice. What do you, what do you cook? Like, I mean, honestly, probably like bread and cheese in like a hundred different iterations <laughs> nice you make bread no i don't make it i just like make Cook pasta it. or quesadillas or like a hundred other things that involve right. basically some kind some some form of bread thing some form of cheese thing and then a bunch of vegetables in a shape and then that's what i'll eat <laughs> right sounds good i just stuffed my face with that Chinese is food. a bread Bread is like an umbrella category. She did call pasta. Not only did she call pasta bread, she kind of said pasta, and I didn't call it out. But, but is that a weird thing to say? <laughs> as far as I know, it might be a very normal thing to say in Canada. Um, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, you can tell me it's a normal thing to say in Canada. I'll just have to believe you because I don't fucking know. Maybe I've never noticed one way or the other. I don't think. Right. Canadian pasta. It would have like the Canadian back bacon in it or something. I don't know. Right. <laughs> oh, I, I now I'm afraid to say the word. I'm like, no, I don't want to say the word. I'm self-conscious now. <laughs> nah, you're good. You're good. We got to embrace our regionalisms, is my opinion. I like them. I I think they're great. I I really enjoy like hearing them. You know. 
Yeah, it's very endearing, and it does linger. Like, uh, like I like when you actually have a voice conversation with somebody, and then you can see their feed, and it's like all in their voice in your head. And right. It's like a new intimate experience. I mean, I'm definitely gonna pop. I'm gonna pop into the the Ashcroft podcast just to see exactly what type of British he is. <laughs> oh, it's very dreamy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dreamy British, like Harry Potter. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, he could have gone to Hogwarts for yeah. sure. Hog- I definitely thought I was going to go to Hogwarts when yeah. I was like, you know, ten. And then I turned 11 and I was like, aww, yeah. <laughs> so disappointed. Right. You learn about separation at a young age, you know? I know. Bunch of scams. It's tragic. Bunch of scammers. J.K. Rowling, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I... My sister... <laughs> I shouldn't say this on stream, but I'm going to. My sister used to read like the first book right and then she'd read the second mm-hmm. book like let's say we were waiting for the fourth book to come out she worked she'd read like one two three and then she'd just go right back to one so she'd just do like one two three one two three one two and then like oh. four would come out and she'd do like one two three four one two three four right and she would just, she, at this point i think probably has read the first book like 30 something times <laughs> wow yeah she that's her books yeah those are the books yeah. He does not need other books. Yeah, those That's are the it. books. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like with Harry Potter, I got I was I got a little too old. Like when I first started reading them, I was right on the like age group that it was like directed to. And mm-hmm. then I got a little bit older and I felt like I was kind of sad because by the end I was like, Oh, I'm kind of reading a kid's book. But it's I gotta finish the series. Like I can't read all of them except the last one or something just because I got old. That's sad. Yeah. But, but now, it was, like but, it wasn't hitting the same spot. But if now you would be coming back to them now if you had never read them. I feel Yeah, like. that's true. Yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah, it's a good universe. I like I yeah. like being in a different little world. By the way, speaking of little worlds, I feel like we've been flying across this water forever, and it just, that that land just gets further away. That's my opinion. I don't think it's true. Yeah, it's bigger land than you thought. It's huge. It looks closer than it is. It's huge. How are we going to get to Dubai? <laughs> we might need to. <laughs> we could just go for it across the water but i also might be down to to exit and re-enter in okay. in there maybe in a bit let's get to this let's get to this land Vecman, you don't meditate what are you talking about i don't know if that's true <laughs> you just assume yeah i meditate sometimes but i'm really bad at um uh, like forming habits of mm-hmm. any kind. So I like am very on again, off again about literally everything in my life. Right. Unless somebody's like holding me accountable outside of myself. I, I did a, a meditation course in school once though, and it was like lit. Was it good? Because someone was telling yeah, me to it. So fun. Yeah, it was fun. I my favorite was when we had to do walking meditation outside, and uh-huh. I got to look weird. And that's my favorite thing to do, is to look weird right. and have other people see 
doing weird shit. That's my favorite. And it was fun because everybody else was like, I couldn't meditate. I was nervous. We were being weird. And I was like, I was so zen. Being weird is my home. This was the best meditation of the whole course. <laughs> Vekinen, I think you don't meditate because you spend all your time making podcasts. <laughs> That's that's his form of meditation. Yeah, no, I, I, I bet he, I bet he's zen as fuck. <laughs> Beckman seems like a pretty pretty generally zen guy. The um it's the the deep voice gives the impression of wisdom, I believe. <laughs> yeah. The uh, what was I gonna say? It's interesting what you're saying about with sticking to habits. Um. I've toyed with the model that the way that we should think about habits is in terms of oscillation. So mm. imagine that you have a habit that's on again, off again. Then the task is to figure out like, what's the period of the oscillation and mm, let it do yeah. that. If that makes sense. Right. I, I know that you're just going to catch it when it comes back around. <laughs> I find that thinking of it that way instead of making me be like, I should be doing this, I should be doing this, it instead makes me be like, okay, is now the time where I'm going to be doing more of this or is now the time where I'm going to like be doing less of this and expecting it to come back, you know? Um, yeah, right. habits is surfing. Habit surfing. Oh, I like that. That's fun. Yeah. It makes it sound like more playful. In clowning, we talk about creative rhythms too. Like um, when you're not... When you're not in a place of seeking control, you can like sense a rhythm to whatever it is that you're doing. And so you can be asking the thing if it wants to be done rather than trying to get yourself to want to do the thing. Like put yourself in, orient yourself in the frame where you're at the service of the art that is your life and ask it what it needs. I see why you were at the, the Johnstone event, the Keith Johnstone event. Yes. Yeah. Um, are you done to tell me some things about <laughs> maybe what was it? Vecnan has asked the question I wanted to ask in different way, in a different way. What was the time you <laughs> clowned on someone the hardest? <laughs> While you answer that, I'm um, gonna, I'm gonna pour like... myself a drink and let this pl okay, plane. Okay, good. This plane is not flying itself. Uh oh. All right, hold on. No, it looks kind of scary. I was getting Sorry. nervous. I was like, does this seem right? <laughs> <laughs> What's happening here? I don't know. We're, we're going to get this right. We're just flying above actual yeah, desert right now. I'm curious what we're drinking also. Oh, yeah. We're going to be drinking in the plane above the desert. That somehow feels like extra decadent. Yeah. Flying away with some jewels or something. 1960s vibe. Okay, sorry, I got distracted. I'm supposed to answer a question. Yeah. Um, I feel like I, I was trained as a clown where I'm like a very respectful clown and I typically do not play with anybody who does not want to be played with. So I haven't like usually clowned on someone. I feel like I wouldn't use that that kind of language for it. But um, what, what does rule come of clowning is for... you must never clown on someone. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's bad clown. Bad. Very naughty. Feeds into the... Oh, this looks delightful, whatever this is. It's like a Fancy. Like a scotch. From Isla. 
I clown on people outside of clown, but inside of clown, it's like a professional responsibility not to clown on anyone. But um, what does come to mind when you ask about like, when I clowned on someone the hardest, what comes up for me is that my sister is like so afraid of clowns, like <laughs> really, really scared and has been since we were kids. And so she found when she found out that I was taking clown school, she was like, to hurt me or like <laughs> she didn't understand why I would do this terrible thing to her. Um, but she did to support me come to our final workshop. And um, she took these amazing Snapchats of like her in object terror watching <laughs> me and my clown family doing our clown stuff. And she was like, I will die today. <laughs> like, <laughs> just absolutely terrified. And so that was very fun. That was the only time someone was exposed to my clowning and had a really bad experience, though, as far as I know. <laughs> okay, so so we do need to get in this clowning thing. So um, I sure. know a little bit about this because I, I know someone who did a bunch of, like, acting school. I'm assuming this is kind of mm -hmm. the same tradition, but can, what what is clowning? Like, for, for people who who are not of the initiated class of clown knowers. Uh, like yourself and myself. Um. Yeah. Um, sometimes I describe it as like, as if method acting and improv acting, like took ayahuasca together and had a baby or something. Like it's very, um, it's, it's acting, it's unscripted. Um, but you're, you're like really feeling the way that you're acting like you're feeling. You're um, coming from a part of yourself that you sort of hone in on through a bunch of, ritual states and that ends up being expressed as the part of your personality that comes out when you put you know a red nose on or even just invoke that part of yourself and i i don't know about all of the different like if they're all the same but in mm -hmm. in my tradition they they call it the fool like the the first tarot card the zero tarot card is the fool it's like the um the part of your personality that's still very like innocent and childlike and unlimited, uninhibited. Um, and, and it's really interesting to go to clown training because you don't actually do clowning for the bulk of it. Like it takes pretty much up until the last like five to 10% of the course just to get like prepped to put on a red nose. Like right. it's very very serious play in that sense like you really go through a lot of different initiations before you are born into your clown self okay we got a question about about this in the chat uh, from our code love um can you learn for home do you need the transmission or interaction with other people um, I don't know if there's any like online clowning courses. Um, there's definitely some clowning materials that you would need in your actual physical space. Um, and you probably would want to be learning something from somebody, but it is possible that this could be turned into some sort of a virtual experience. Um, one thing that is that you can do it in person in a group with like theater um room available to you it right. is like a, a more transformative experience i would imagine i felt like um some of the most profound and like yeah the the moments that changed me the most in clown school were moments when i was like playing with other students like and 
I could like feel them like holding more space than I was taking up, if that makes sense. Like uh-huh. I was invited by other people to show more of myself and allow more of my energy out into the world and interact with them more and be in their space more than I was like used to giving myself permission to feel and like act out around other people. And so there it's like, I, I had done actually like lots of group therapy for social anxiety before Mm -hmm. and not found that it was like particularly life-changing. Like it gave me the skills that I needed to cope with like going to campus every day, which was what my life was at the time. Um, but it didn't like make me like profoundly change what the the beliefs that fed into my anxieties about being around people or anything like that. But clown school and like doing these absolutely crazy, nonsensical, incoherent things in the spirit of play with other adults was like right. really challenging and educational in exactly the places that social anxiety lived. Um. That's yeah. So it was basically like better therapy than therapy is what is what I'm hearing. Yes. Yeah. Which was actually it was my I like don't I I had a little bit of improv experience. I like acting and playing just as as a source of fun in my life. But I went to clown school because it was an alternative to mainstream therapy. That was my my primary reason for going there. Right. It's interesting how you describe it. So you described it as something like you kind of let your drives out or something like that. You kind of like let your body do its thing. That was kind of how I understood that. Um, yeah, yeah. It's really, it is very embodied and it is very um, uninhibited. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like what you called the healthy editor who still cared about things like um, physical safety and consent and that right. kind of stuff, even like culture in some of the different trances, you would still like care about getting laughed at as a character or something like that. But for the most part, you really were um, kind of like delving into your unconscious and allowing yourself through movement to express parts of yourself that you weren't familiar with at all. The, yeah, this is interesting. So I've done a little bit. Um, hello, Stephen fan, by the way. Welcome. Um, I've done a little bit of acting stuff, not real acting stuff, just like classes, I, I guess. I don't, I don't know what I'm... I don't have the language here. Um, what am I trying to say? I've done some stuff where it's like a little bit like ecstatic, kind of mystical is how I think of it. Um, something like, you know, like letting your body do weird shit is something I do a lot of. Um trying to make noises, you know what I mean? Like, let my body, like, make a weird-ass sound. Mm. I do a lot of this stuff. Um, I had a year where I got, like, really into it. I would just do it, like, half an hour a day by myself and just see what the fuck happened. And what I'm curious about is how does that relate to the thing you're describing? To, like, okay, the red nose, right? That's, like, I feel like there's a step there. There's, like, a change there. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, the red nose is, like, the smallest mask. Mm. Um, the idea is that even if you were just completely in your your civvies, your normal, what you would wear on a normal day, not to perform to anybody, no makeup, stuff like that, you should be able to put your nose on, and that should change your personality entirely. 
to bring out like this totally different side of you. Um, and, and it should be the same and different in a way. Like every time you come back into clown, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, ah, yes, here's my clown. I, I'm familiar with you. Um, but at the same time, they are like able to embody your range of emotion and then a little bit more. It's like a part of yourself that's higher saturation, higher contrast. So it's a little bit more unpredictable too. The, um, have you heard of, I, I imagine you might've heard of this term. Have you heard of a tulpa before? Yeah, I've heard of a tulpa. Oh, I'm yeah. getting this. You're getting what? <laughs> I got a kiss. Oh. Maybe you missed it. <laughs> hey, boyfriend. Um, <laughs> Damn, that was a help. Was that a beard? Was oh, here, it powerful? Gonna do it again. There we go. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome to the channel. The sick blanket too. Um, yes, it's beautiful. I love that blanket. <laughs> the uh, yeah, the topa thing. It made me think of the topa thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is kind of like yeah. I guess like tulpas don't like express themselves in your body maybe I, or at least i haven't really heard of that happening right. but it is very much like you you begin to have a character that can think for itself and it, it, you you're surprised to hear what it has to say as much as the people that you're performing to are right um how's our connection i got some scrambly sounds you can still hear me right yeah, I can hear you fine. Okay, okay cool. Um, okay, so like the the one other person I know who's talked about clowning, they they talk about like their clown in this way that you're kind of doing it. Yes. Like, like with a possessive. It's like I like I I have one, um, or something like that. Uh, are you down to tell us about I, your clown? Not like I yeah my clown's name is schmoop that's a cute clown name um yeah yeah um and uh i i guess like the most notable thing to me like the thing that i think of first when people ask about what she's like is that she's like so excited oh man uh -huh. it's like the first feeling that comes over me as soon as i'm in my nose is like it's like hype 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 and i'm like oh my gosh whoa okay i like uh -huh. i've never quite prepared it's like sitting on a roller coaster and hearing that like five four three two one and you're like okay whoa okay we're going somewhere else this is not the normal me that sounds um, fun <laughs> yeah it is really fun um i guess the other things i could say is that like um in my style of clowning, we talk about uh, the like, I guess like the there's like a, one clown is like what you have, but generally we travel in pairs. The clown duo is like the thing that you see the most. Mm. And that's because typically one of you in your little clown relationship will be what we call a Joey and the other one will be an Auguste. And it's like the one who's like got the leader energy and the one who's got the follower kind of energy who wants okay. to like um do be submissive yeah it's like the dom the dom clown and the sub clown um did you say and, joey and august yeah joey and august what are those words so, uh they're names of clowns oh. so there is a, there is a clown named joey and there is a clown called august and they're the famous clowns that are of these two kind of polarities 
Oh, cool. um, and there's all sorts of associations. Like Joey's typically wear like black and white and red. Those are like the colors that are like really strong and like dominant. So those are the colors that they tend to wear. Um, whereas like I don't know something I know Goose would have is like if you see like just little dots under their eyes yeah. that make them look so innocent and open. That's like very August energy. You see that around a lot. Hold on, I want to try something. Um... <laughs> I want to window capture my internet. Here we go. Plane's flying itself. We're doing okay. And I want to Google these things. If I Google these things, will that work? I think so. Um, what do I Google? Joey Clown? Yeah, and like August is like August, but with an E on the end. All right, let's go. We are using Brave. Oh, God. These are just random people. Um, Joey the Clown Lombardo. <laughs> That's not it. Is this guy maybe relevant? I don't know. I mean, this clown. Um, Joey. Okay. Well, let's try August Clown. August. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of clowns here. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm a duck, duck, go. Okay, so, but, it, okay, is there, like, a specific look, or, or does that make sense? No, no, it's more of a polarity in terms of, like, behavior. Oh, okay, so um, he, I was thinking it's, like, a... Go along with it sometimes. Okay, okay. Yeah, they're... No... But they're really, yeah, they're really noticeable. Like, it, it, if you watch a clown duo, you know within, like, a minute who's the Joey and who's the August, usually. They're very, like, um, well, clowns are just so hyper-expressive. So you right. can tell who's leading and who's following really, really quickly. Right. Um, I have more August energy, for sure. I, I like I, I I'm the kind of clown who's like very excited about what somebody else is doing and is like just like diving in to find a way to support whatever madness is going on. All right, so we just got a link to clownopedia.fandom.com. <laughs> oh, I didn't know there was a clownopedia. This uh, sounds fantastic. I think it's fine for me to for me to go to clownopedia. Um, how do I do this? Hold on, we got a whole clownopedia. A type of clown that entertains audiences with exaggerated expressions, slapstick comedy, and pranks of all sorts. Mm -hmm. Oh man, there's all stuff about what colors and stuff. Though I imagine this is done yeah. differently in different places or something. Yeah, it's possible. I study like a Canadian method. I didn't study like Buffon or anything like that. We call it the Pachinko method. And you uh -huh. go through like a series of masks that you sculpt yourself blindfolded in this particular crazy way. And it's very strange. Um, yeah. I used to university. Usually you take a course and they give you like a syllabus. You know what you're going to do. Uh -huh. It was like the first time in my adult life that I signed up for something and I showed up every day having no idea what was going to happen to me for the uh -huh. next like you know 10 12 hours <laughs> that's cool though i could use some of that yeah. hey look yeah. we, there's a, it was very cool there's a whole evil clowns page it looks like um yeah. 
Let's put that away and never think of it again. I really like horror too, so I'm fine yeah. with representing the the dark side of clowning. Um, yeah. But it isn't something that I would um, invoke at like a birthday party. That would be bad. I would right. not do that. I have acted in like a, a haunted house though, like been one of the actors who's all like scary and like oh, cool. gets you. And that is so fun. It's yeah. so fun to be a mean clown and want people to be scared. And it's like, um, it's really fun to experiment with like having a light touch. Like some people are like much more afraid of subtlety than they uh -huh. are of like big movements and loud noises and threats. Oh God, oh God. Um, yeah, I'm already I, shitting I, myself. I found that was very fun. <laughs> so I used to go to I used to, I've been to a couple like little you know haunted houses growing up and shit like that, and I would just like get I would almost get violent. I really don't like that stuff, but I would almost get like physical because my response to threat is like I'm gonna punch somebody is like um, never it was never a problem. I don't know. Do people ever get punched in haunted houses? I believe you. Totally. Reckon. I have. It used to be my pins tweet forever was a gif of me like shoving a guy away <laughs> from me in a haunted house with my hands. Uh -huh. um, I did like feel like it was a very erotic moment and I've been <laughs> in love with him ever since. Uh huh. Because um, he like just went like this. Like he was disgusted with me and I was like, uh -huh. oh, daddy, like take me home. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that that went somewhere. <laughs> that went somewhere fast, <laughs> dude. It's true. There's something <laughs> about horror that's like got a lot of power in it and a lot of taboo in it. So those wires get crossed for me. It's like not a long jump. Uh huh. <laughs> this is uh. You know what that reminds me of? Um, what? I, I always think of this. It reminds me of uh, what Sylvester's talking about. I was with my first GF, and a guy almost came at her with a chainsaw in quotes and I almost pummeled him. Um <laughs> the it reminds me of the scene in uh twenty two jump street I think um where the like they're fighting but then they keep like almost hooking up but then they go back to like beating each other up and like throwing each other against mirrors and breaking shit and she's like are we like fighting are we like doing this like and they just it's like they can't decide. Um it's just it's very hilarious. Um that's what that made me think of. It's funny, like, even sometimes when I've been on, like, psychedelic trips, right. I felt like there's, like, this way emotions are organized, like, neighborhoods, and there's some that are, like, closer together, and there's places that are, like, you know, the little, the, the houses that don't really fall into one neighborhood or another. They're in a liminal space, and they've got the vibe of maybe two right. or even three or four emotions going on all in one little intersection, and you're like, okay, whoa. I'm like, uh, there's so much experience coming at me all at once in this area of my emotional being. That's what we're here to talk about, the liminal spaces, you know? Yeah, um, exactly. The gray areas in your emotional landscape. That's right. Topography's to whack. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got a request from, from Vecton to see this glass. This glass... Um, Maybe, where'd my, I can see, yeah, there it is. This glass is called like a Canada glass. There's something to do with Canada on this type of glass. That's all I can tell you. That is the depth, that is the extent of my wisdom. Similar to a Glencairn. Yeah, I got it because it wasn't a Glencairn. I wanted to get something different, but it's a little bit huge. 
what is it called Canadian or something? Yeah, I don't I don't recognize anything Canadian about it, but I like it a lot. I feel like it appeals to me very much. So maybe it's maybe it's part of our our heritage and that's why it's resonating with me so much. Right. It's a deep it's a deep uh sort of it's deep Canadian, you know, like Canadian in like an old old sense. It's a tool. The Hudson sure. Bay Company probably made it or something. Right. But we've found ourselves over the ocean, and I kind of want to see actual Dubai. So should I pop out and get us to Dubai shortcut mode? Sure. Yeah. Let's cheat our way to Dubai. Let's go. Uh, main menu. Um. Do you ever play D and D? I I don't I think I might have played like one time. Yeah. I haven't played uh but I've played like other other role playing games a little bit too. I think I would really like it. I think if I got into it I would be like obsessed. Yeah. I think you should play some D and D. I think you would I think you would be into it. Alright, we got our we got our route. Let's go. Um This is exciting. I've had some fun in, in doing with like role playing games, you know. Um, yeah. coming up with characters. I had a period where I kept always wanting to play old dudes. I played a bunch of old dudes in... in yeah, uh, that's fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had a character in a D&D game who was a fighter, and he was kind of like just super senile. Like, imagine the type of dude has got like four teeth. He's always <laughs> drinking. He kind of smells like piss, but he's got like armor and can kick some major ass. Um that was uh that was my character. It was very fun to play. Halfling is a I think um but... <laughs> you before I went to clown school, all of my characters were like kind of close to what I'm not like in real life. I wanted to play, you know, like little elf girl or something. Right. But I tend now uh, to prefer characters that like kind of aren't categorizable, like as uncategorizable as possible, like some sort of strange half blood right. thing that, that yeah, because then you, if, don't, if you don't really have a concept for what I am, you, then then I get to do whatever I want. I don't have to like fit into any sort of expectations. Right. I can just like act on whims and be eccentric, and, and I like that. I can kind of see how like being an old man gives you permission to be eccentric in its own sort of way too. I think I just like being an old man because honestly, I, I probably like fear being old a little bit, you know, like I think I, oh, yeah. I see some of that and there's just something like, all right, fine. Now you're, you know, fucking 72 and you got four teeth and you're drunk always. Now what? <laughs> <laughs> and there's something that feels good about that. Um, by the way, we were, we were taken off from Dubai International Airport. It, it is liberating. Beautiful. It looks, yeah, it looks very cosmopolitan over here. Yeah, we're gonna There's look a lot for those. Going on. It'd be cool if we had someone like from Dubai in here who could tell us where the fuck to go. But um, yeah, that'd be funny. Oh, I see some really tall buildings over there. Let's go to those. Yeah, see, that's pretty freaking lit. Yeah, and we can choose a time of day, of course. Um, maybe. what's the lawful good spectrum like because like what it like chaotic and what's so chaotic lawful good and evil yeah I, I guess I've never I haven't really played a lot 
Having like astrology in a D&D game would be pretty hilarious. We would need Saddlesud to help us out with that. Right. I think Holyweather knows some shit with the astrology. At least I think so. I know like a little bit, but not a ton. Right. Enough that I get really excited about things like the full moon and Mercury retrograde. <laughs> right. Um, Holyweather, yes, there are IRL man-made islands in Dubai. We can probably look for those. I bet they're in the water over there. But yeah, they're all different shapes and stuff, so let me check that out. Um, what are people's opinions about Pisces? <laughs> That's I, 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 it's always interesting to see the like shade that gets thrown at people of different astrological signs. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like I don't get that as much in the in the social circles I'm usually in. But I don't totally believe yeah. it. Emotional intuitive. Yeah. It's supposed to be like psychic. I'm an Aquarius, so we're like pretty close. We're right there. We're like the the neighbors. We're neighbor signs. I'm supposed to be like some sort of like social butterfly alien. I figure I kind of live up to. I can see that. Mm. Pisces are often seen as the nice, side? lovely ones who drift through life in a dream, like a dream mist. I am a Sagittarius. Yeah. I should have made you guess. Oh, yeah. That doesn't surprise me at all. Sagittarians are the philosophers of the Zodiac, for sure. There you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, Sagittarius is like a fire sign, right? That's right. Um... I don't know if, if we... You gotta give me... I kind of like this cool blue. Let's try this cool blue for a little bit. Early morning. Um, mm -hmm. I always hear Sagittarius is like... Explains his saggy tits. Thanks, Vec. Um, <laughs> the... Uh, tech, Texas Gunner is a Leo. Um, yeah, and he did it in all caps, so you know he's telling the truth. I'm a Leo. <laughs> I'm excited that we're talking about astrology. This yeah. is very relaxing and fun. <laughs> Sagittarius peak flight sim plane. That is the time most likely to play sight That is so funny. Like everything about, I didn't even <laughs> think about it, but it's like this whole show screams Sagittarius. That's yeah. so funny. <laughs> well, because it's like <laughs> what Sagittarius are always like traveling, by the way. We're by the, what is it? The Burj Dubai, I think. Bourgeois Rob, they keep renaming it. There's a lot of stuff going on down there. Yeah, look at the water. It does look also like neatly organized. Yeah. Let's check out this. Uh, I'm going to check out some of the islands. We can come back here for a while. This, this music got a little goofy on my end. Sorry, let me. <laughs> kind of clownish, if you ask me. <laughs> what the fuck? But I clicked synthwave station. I don't know if that's the right. Chill? What's chill? Let's try chill. Kind of. Chill. I wish you could hear it, but we'll, we'll give it a shot. I trust that it's very chill. 
little teacher. Can feel relaxed just based off the collective intelligence. I hate it. We're switching to chill EDM. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, now we can actually turn the plane. Um. Oh God! I just turned the plane upside down. That was not the plan, but it's kind of working out. It's kind of working out. That was sick. That was actually sick. <laughs> we doing tricks? Yeah. I think that people like are scared of magical thinking mm. because they think that it like exists on its own, like like that it predates science and is not influenced by science or rationality and stuff like that. But I think what they don't understand is that like magical thinking is like a kind of thinking that you can be doing in concert with all of those other kinds of thinking. And so it just actually adds another dimension mm. of what's open analysis and like just because yeah like it's like if your rationality told you something that science like was like very clearly refuting you would you would have to find some sort of synthesis you wouldn't just charge ahead um when one of your like feedback systems was telling you it was a no-go and i feel like that's what people don't get about magic it's like if magic tells you to cut your head off you know enough about other areas like a feedback that you think that that's probably not a good idea and you don't do it and you look for another interpretation or something like that. You know, that I, I definitely agree with that. I 100% agree with that, I think. And it's a puzzle too, because a lot of what you get out of mythology and out of also religion is very relevant here. Um, and out of like Welcome magical stuff. To this podcast. I, I, sorry, this sound effect comes on every time we get a follower and it's sick. Oh. <laughs> Welcome, Chev Round Forty Two. Thanks for coming by. Um, thanks for the follow. The yeah, Vogelfree says it's hard. They're hard to put together. There's something like, what am I trying to say? Sometimes the benefit of the, the, uh, the. Like, here's a different way to put it. Why do magical thinking at all? It's because it's going to give you something extra. It's going to bring you somewhere different, right? But the different could be dangerous, and maybe that's both good and bad. And so when it how do you think about that? Does that make sense? Yeah, like, I mean, like, doing science feels the same to me, though. Okay. Like, if you just go off doing science with no training, you're going to, like, I don't know, combine some chemicals and explode them in your face and you're going to die. And that would be terrible. And you want to avoid that. So it's like, there's, like, different methods for trying to get knowledge. And you should be careful with them because you don't want to, like, melt your face or something terrible. Right. Well, this is, I also... Uh, have you read any Lovecraft? Have you, have you gotten to read much Lovecraft? I haven't read any Lovecraft, but I'm oh, sure I would really like it because it, it is evidently very creepy. <laughs> All right, you're, you're leaving here with two, at least two fiction recommendations for me. Yes, um, awesome. The first is The Last Unicorn by Peter S. Beagle. Mm. And then as far as Lovecraft goes, there's a lot of different ones you can read. But my favorite, I will tell you, is The Hound. Um, Ooh, it sounds scary. It is scary. It's. I feel like I. Could, I want to read like a clip. I. I probably can't read too much because I don't know how the fuck copyright works. Um, yeah. Fair use button. <laughs> Let me find this. I'm gonna read like a paragraph, and I'm gonna turn it First into night. two pages of Call of Cthulhu. Okay. <laughs> oh, cool! It's gonna be night. That's smart. I love this idea. We're totally doing it. 
we're gonna make it darkness. The Dubai looks nice. <laughs> just for this. All right, here we go. In my tortured ears, there sounds unceasingly a nightmare whirring and flapping, and a faint distant baying as of some distant... Oh, fuck, I fucked up already. <clears throat> Trial number two. In my... Maybe you interrupted me. <clears throat> All right. Trial number three. In my tortured ears, there sounds unceasingly a nightmare whirring and flapping and a faint distant baying as of some gigantic hound. It is not a dream. It is not, I fear, even madness. For too much has already happened to give me these merciful doubts. St. John is a mangled corpse. I alone know why, and such is my knowledge that I am about to blow out my brains for fear that I shall be mangled in the same way. Down unlit and illimitable corridors of eldritch fantasy sweeps the black, shapeless nemesis that drives me to self-annihilation. Anyway, that's just a little bit of the hound. Oh, I love it. Spooky. We're gonna turn, so good. We're going to turn the plane lights back on so we don't okay. get too spooky. Yeah, because I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um. Oh, and I'm impressed by your reading. It was lovely. Thank I, you. I spend I spend so much time reading out loud, and I always think about like, oh, I should like have a stream and read aloud to the you stream. Should. But then I think I'd be embarrassed when I don't do it right. I'd be like, ah. <laughs> and know, then I notice all of the times that I mess up when I'm just reading to my boyfriend, and I'm like, see, if that happened on the stream, you'd be like, oh. <laughs> right. The uh, I used to do some readings. I used to read uh, Plutarch. Plutarch's Lives. I, I read a couple of those out loud to friends. We did like a weekly thing and it was very fun. Um, but uh, it was like, it's like I used to pay a lot of attention to like how tense is my vocal passage? Did I drink water? You know, it, I feel like if I read wrong, like more in a tense way for the first you know, 20 minutes, I'm going to be more tired and like worse later. So I imagine you'll have thoughts about that because you do singing. Yeah, I do sing too. And it is really amazing to like think of your body as an instrument. That's such a trippy frame to mm. be invited into. Mm. Uh, and it is like very, I don't know, it's very, it's, it's very trippy. Like the way that you play a normal instrument, you like see what you're doing and you can kind of explain to yourself what's going on. But at the same time, like, the knowledge feels like it's in your body and not necessarily in your head. Right. And then it feels kind of almost even more like that with singing. It's like you don't really get the knowledge in your head at all. Like the fact that I know how to sing from like my stomach versus my chest versus my head is like something that I can't at all articulate in a way that makes logical sense. Like my my vocal coach at least is knowledgeable enough that she knows like the anatomy of like oh see this is changing how this works and right. so the sound comes out differently or something like that but for like the, there just isn't an explanation that a lay person could really make any meaning out of like i just i move my voice around in my body i don't know how to explain it better than that right. that's just what happens <laughs> yeah I, I, it's interesting because you can choose to learn about all that like anatomical stuff. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it helps. It helps like knowing that your vocal cords like go this way. And so a high note 
involves like a horizontal change, not a vertical change. Somehow, for some reason, knowing that Whoa. makes high notes easier to hit. Wait. And I cannot explain, but. <laughs> it's a sideways thing. Yeah, like what's happening in your throat is like a, a difference in the horizontal tension and how tight it's pulled across like a little flap in your neck. Uh-huh. So when you go high, well, it's a change on this plane, not on this plane. Like where it feels like psychologically when you don't know that and you're yeah. trying to hit a high note, you're reaching vertically with your voice which oh, is yeah. not anatomically what's going on. And right. once you know that it's a horizontal reach, you're psychologically like setting a slightly different intention that's a little bit more accurate to what the anatomical like correlate is that's going on. And so it's easier. It's like way easier to hit high notes now that I know that they're not higher up than yeah. low notes. It's like that book um, about Conceptual metaphors. Someone here probably knows what everyone's waking up their roommates with the high notes. What is this? Book? <laughs> uh, metaphors we live by um, is all about. Um, is it kind of like academic work about like if you say, yeah, uh, like say what, like you know, we're going into a new dimension, or like we're like, why are you going into it, or like you know, like why are you putting yourself above me, right? Why is that above? Right. Um, and there's a, a whole the whole discussion of like conceptual metaphors. It's sort of interesting to see that. But yeah, with, with singing high, why is it even high? Why is that? Yeah. High? Yeah. Any of the high people yeah. in the audience have a thought on that? <laughs> <laughs> why are high notes high? High people. <laughs> Falsetto me. Yeah, oh but... yeah why is it high why do you get high are you higher when you're high that's so <laughs> weird another hits blunt thought <laughs> yeah, it's blunt. why is why why do you call it getting high yeah high frequency yeah why is that a high yeah. frequency you know, i guess it's a high frequency because it's many ticks a, a high number of ticks or whatever in a, a unit of time yeah yeah but you could almost imagine things being different. Like you could imagine calling it fast or um, mm -hmm. wide or something like that. Like there's lots of other metaphors that could work, but right. for some reason we're dense. not chosen. You call it dense. Yeah, maybe the phenomenology. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so interesting. Yeah, falsetto vibrates in your head. I feel like Alexander Tech has a bit of this too. It is true that yeah, like there is a head voice thing that happens, and it is also really interesting to be a singer because like Welcome I don't know if you I, I also play podcast. guitar and if you play like a major chord and then say play the same chord in minor, right. there's like a totally different emotion, and then again to right. sing just like amplifies that experience a little bit like it's very strange when i start moving things up to my head voice and singing i like feel more vulnerable i feel like more mm. delicate like it it's a real emotional shift because i'm using my body to make this different sound mm. but i think you another pattern for the follow um good to have yeah you. <laughs> um this makes me want to like do sound stuff like i want us to like do some something I don't what know could what. we do? 
I was thinking like we could set it up for another. My first thought was like, oh yeah, sometime. But I was like, I don't. We could just do something now. I don't even like. I don't even know what. Um, this body stuff is so important, and it's going to be one of the harder things to yeah. to like make part of life for our little online yeah. community. You know. Yeah, it's true. It is um, like funny to to sing because it also like requires the opposite of what my normal life requires like it's like relax don't try so hard don't think about what the right answer is be in right. your body be playful move keep moving keep breathing right <sighs> yeah i should keep breathing while i fly this plane yeah yeah exactly <sighs> reading a lot of like i oh, sorry yeah no i just saw it in, in chat Reading and narrating aloud. Yeah, it is really fun. I think that um, that's something that I, I was surprised about when it started to be a thing between me and my boyfriend. Um, I, I thought that like reading a book together to me before in my life would have been like you both read the book at the mm. same time, you know, so that you can like hang out later and chat about the parts that were cool. Um, but when he was like, no, reading together, like read it to me. <laughs> while I do something and then that way we get to be doing a fun thing while we're getting chores done right. and I was like surprised at how um so one thing about it that I really love is that it slows down the pace of reading like to have to actually say everything aloud mm. and uh give it its own cadence and stuff mm -hmm. you like end up making much slower progress through the book which I normally like I can't do anything slowly I'm so impatient I'm like just bam 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 my mind goes like a bullet train so like to to be slowed down I like get put in the context where I actually have to savor it a little bit right to actually feel like to feel the words yeah yeah and by by voicing it aloud too, you notice sometimes how you feel about it. Like I I almost would miss that I had emotional reaction to something that I was reading, but then I would hear in my voice that it like caught a little bit, and I was like, mm. oh dang, I got sad. Uh -huh. The uh, it makes me think about you know the Romans studied rhetoric and like oratory and stuff. I, I think it's just good to be able to do. Like I whenever I. Yeah you know, I'm called on to use my voice. I, I kind of like my voice and I just love fucking hearing myself talk. And so what do I do? Yeah. I, I start a talk show where I can just talk, record myself talking, make other people listen to me talk. It's just like, but part of it is just, you know, like sort of what you're given, but I've been shocked at how much you can work on it. Like, especially Hell with singing. Yeah, um, that's what I'm talking about. Oh my God. Second subscription ah. ever from Chevron 42. Whoa. Holy shit getting two subs today this is literally like a million percent more than i thought i was gonna get in like the first fucking month or something um because i thought i was gonna get zero but that is <laughs> that's pretty sick um nice do you have another clitoral orgasm uh this one is a little a little uh no comment <laughs> no comment But I do feel a little flushed. We, we got the beginning of a comment and it was redacted. Yeah. That's right. Easy, easy Bezos. Well, thank you. Thank you, Daddy Bezos, for that uh, strong experience. <laughs> um, yep. 
Like you were talking though about how it's amazing how much you can learn in singing and that blows me away. Like yeah. so often I'll be in a, a voice lesson and I'll sing something and I'm asked to make just like one small adjustment and I'm just like blown away with the results. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. That's like one of the things where if I had a little more time and et cetera, I would definitely go for voice lessons because it's, it feels, just feels good. It like feels like healthy. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it does feel really good. And uh, being able to sing with other people feels like very bonding. Like it's mm -hmm. one of the things I find the most bonding. Like especially like, music circling or improv. Like, I don't know, like the, if you've like ever done these kind of like emotional, like focusing sessions or collective presencing or circling where you're all just kind of, right. you know, sharing your feelings in this like squishy, unpredictable kind of way. But like to do that in a musical kind of context feels like right. absolute magic. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've had the great experience of being in a couple small choral groups before and I, um, I was usually the worst singer in them, <laughs> uh, but that's the best experience because then you get to have all these ama this amazing accompaniment. And, yeah. You know. You uh, have the most to learn of anybody there. Vecnan asked me a question about whether I could ask you a question. Vecnan's question is, Kersey, ask maybe about being a girl online. Um, well, Vecnan, ah. I, I will ask about that. Hey, maybe. What do you think? <laughs> um, I think it's fun. I think um, I think it's like a big part of my perspective, and I think the point of being online. Oh, ask maybe, and then ask multi. That is funny. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe is answering right now. Maybe says. <laughs> oh no! Part, now, now different personalities are fighting for control of my mouth. Sorry. A little, <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> I will, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe says that um, it's like a big part of my perspective, and I try to make it as explicit as possible because I like having a really transparent social presence. I think that uh, on a, in a lot of ways, presenting yourself. Uh, in this parasocial context all the time has a lot of like psychological dangers and it's good to lead into, um, I don't know, strategies to contain the disastrous things uh, that, that could result from that. And just being very publicly myself and being very unfiltered and being very explicit about the things that are most salient to me about my own experiences help me keep, um, the way that I'm presenting my online self and the way that I'm actually living my life as close to coherent as possible. But I've been really nervous the whole time that I've been saying this because I know that I'm going to switch mm -hmm. personalities and my <laughs> other personality is just going to roast me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to um, okay. hear you get roasted and then and then at some point I also am curious to hear more about like the dangers of, the, of being online, like how you would Ooh. characterize that because I'm pretty interested yeah. in that. As okay. as yourselves um, as yeah. yourselves adjudicate the order, um. yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, multi multi uh, multi is like always use Twitter as a dating site, and gender is like a big part of dating. You gotta be kind of like upfront about what you have to offer 
in that category when you're looking for love connections in a public space. And I um, also kind of feel like maybe I just like put a lot of effort into my girlness. I think there were times where I, uh, well, actually, yeah, I have I have stories of like being mistaken for a dude in public, like short hair, baggy sweatshirt, sitting uh-huh. on the plane, and the grandma's like, "Don't be loud! That little boy is trying <laughs> to do his homework," and oh, I just no. like let it go. <laughs> and so yeah, like there were times where it's like the fact that I was like a girl was something that I was trying to conceal as much as possible in public, and I think that I'm like very gassed up uh, by myself. Uh, about how feminine I'm able to present myself now when that mm. was something that I didn't used to be able to do. And I like, I just like, it's like when I make a piece of artwork and I like stare at it for a really long time and I put it on the internet and I tell everybody else, stare at this with me. I love it. I made it. I'm so proud of it. That's kind of how I feel about my own femininity. I'm just like, guys, look, I'm me. Isn't it so exciting? Isn't it so exciting? I'm so feminine and so cute and you should all be so excited because I'm so excited and I just want to share it with you. And so it's like, I feel like, oh yeah, I I know maybe was really scared I was going to roast her. So now I feel like I'm going to roast her just because like that was the expectation she set of me. So like, fuck you myself. Um, yeah, like she's like, oh, I'm so intellectual. And I'm like, you like, I, she's so social. We're just social. We're just, we just want to talk and gossip and know what's on your minds. And like the idea that this isn't all 100% for attention is just like, uh, it's 100% for attention. And and the, I guess maybe the difference between us is that I have like not a hint of shame about that. And I have not a hint of like apprehension that anybody else is doing something different with their social media presence. It's like, this is like, we're all lonely. We're all stuck at home. And this is where I can have friends and hang out and be adored the way that I adore myself. And so that's why we're really here is, is to, to, to have the girl online be an exhibit. It's, it's an exhibitionistic thing. Like, look at me, look at my life, um, enjoy it or not. If you don't enjoy it though, do get really pissed off about it because that's also attention. And I feed on that. (laughs) Your, Your voice changed. Yeah, it would. <laughs> <laughs> and it's interesting because I, I felt like I also got a little bit of a glimmer of what I was seeing when you when you went uh, when you expressed a little bit about your clown. There's something I don't oh, know. There's yeah, a moment that makes sense of like the high yeah, energy. I'm also blushing, <laughs> so that's uh-huh. my normal personality coming back and and being like, oh no. Right back in the cage, you guys. <laughs> the, the other personality returns with blood. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think Visa once uh, tweeted something like, "Nobody says anything," and then I say, "I'll fuck me up," and it's like that is definitely the dynamic uh-huh. inside the clown car. <laughs> uh huh. The clown car. That's pretty good. I feel like you could do a like the parts talking to each other you know what i mean oh yeah i could have a twitch stream and it could be a talk show and it could just be me but also another me if you could figure (laughs) out a way to like have somehow like be pausing the uh the video you know what i mean and just have multiple video windows and like they're talking to each other 
Yeah, yeah. I need two cameras so I can just be swapping yeah, yeah. between camera angles. Yeah, that exactly. would be hilarious. Exactly. That would be some some adult swim comedy gold. <laughs> right. Hotkey to swap cams to the mirror or whatever. Yeah. Oh, that would be so fun. Did that the, did... the only fear is that I would drive myself deeper into my own insanity, but I mean it's a risk right. I'm willing to take for content. Yeah. For content. <laughs> the, yeah. Um the uh the other but I wanted to ask you about the pair the sort of parasocial thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll say more about mm -hmm. that. I want to hear about your your take. It's sort of like the dangers of being online because I've got some, you know, yeah. we're all kind of experimenting with this a little bit and then I, I have some thoughts, but I want to hear your your thoughts. Well, I think there's definitely like different dangers that it poses depending on your personality. Um, I think that for some people, the big temptation is to fill their life with relationships that they can project a lot of closeness into mm -hmm. and they'll feel that closeness, but that closeness won't actually be mutual. And then they end up like crossing people's boundaries and stuff like that. So that's like kind of like the more fanatic side of parasocial relationships. Um, I am more like aligned to be tempted to just like 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 be on the other side of that parasocial relationship where I'm presenting a broadcast version of my personality that's like as like widely agreeable as possible so that I'll be like loved by the most amount of people and right. I've like kind of referred to that as like my manic pixie dream girl shadow like there's right. this temptation to like try to be everybody's perfect fantasy girl right. and then get all the attention but I've like and I, I've fallen into that pitfall. It's not something that I'm like, oh yes, I know that's there. I'll avoid that. It's like something that I've like trudged through and then like picked up my feet and been like, what's all over my shoes? What's happened? And so mm -hmm. uh, it, it took some time to be like, oh, you know what's wrong is I'm doing this thing where I try to be likable to everybody. Right. And then when some part of myself that doesn't fit that front comes out, people are like, ew, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, see, but I set myself up for that by pretending I was this like just like, I don't know, consistent, generally likable person that I'm not actually able to be all the time. And so yeah. gradually, as I keep getting like hit with that, like, stop pretending everybody's gonna like you wall, yeah. um, I've been more and more unfiltered and more and more inconsistent and more and more willing to show the part of myself that's like, in the shame, struggling through it, not like, oh, here's how I overcame shame. Right. <laughs> It's interesting. By the way, I decided to land the plane. I don't know why. We're, we're going to take it back up, but I just thought it would be interesting to cruise on the ground for a little Kinda. bit. Kind of. I like this. This feels like the place that somebody gets taken to get, like, killed for, <laughs> like, going the wrong way in a drug deal or something. Right. This is, like, some place where you don't even actually have to kill a person. You can just leave them here and fly away. And that's, like, as good as they're, as they're good not going to be okay, you know? Are, these are the things that I muse about. <laughs> right. the, I've watched um, I've watched so many horror movies yeah. that it's like bizarre how many mundane things are like <gasps> death waiting it behind that corner. <laughs> the, uh, the it was interesting what you said about the sort of parasocial thing. Um, the yeah, that's right. This part of the conversation is down to earth. We're gonna go back up with the vibe. I also I <laughs> what do I know about running a cartel? <laughs> Clown cartel. More than you know. <laughs> Dude, clown cartel is hilarious. Just that phrase is fucking hilarious. So, like, 
turn this into a Twitter bio. I'm I am the the what's what's the the like leader of the cartel called? <laughs> I am whatever that is of the clown the cartel. Ombre. <laughs> Run by an insane posse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a thing that I've been experiencing where, and with the Twitter relationships thing, where it's mm-hmm. so, it's sort of like I. There's different stages. So there's stages where you're just very excited about people. Like, maybe you're always excited about people. For me, that's like a state where I'm like, sweet, you know, like, there's all these people, they're around, they could be anything, right? And then there's like, you kind of get to know them, and they're like, okay, they're actual people, they've got flaws, like, they're, you know, like anybody in the world, but like, and then sometimes that's also where the relationship takes off, right? Because he gets hit hit on a lot, calling it here, no comment. Um, the, uh, <laughs> the, the chat is saying, thing I can say to that is no comment. Um, the uh but i don't know it's interesting i've also experienced the thing where it's like there are people who kind of seem like they they think you owe them like a relationship like Mm -hmm. you maybe experienced this you're probably post some amount of this because you're doing you know like with with malty like you're doing a very like drawing people in kind of activity is sort of my my clumsy way to put it like where people expect something from you or they want it to be something or mean something or like turn into, you know, it's like kind of fantasy, but like people are, I I imagine are like pushing boundaries and shit like that. I almost feel like I've encountered that with myself where I'm online, I'm shooting the shit, I'm bullshitting, I'm making jokes. I'm, I try to be friendly, but now and then I like, I do run into people where it's like, okay, like why are you messaging me so much? Or like, whatever, like, you know, usually people can read the vibe. Ninety-nine percent of people can read the vibe, and they're chill, and everything's fine and cool. But it's—I just, was—I've just been surprised because it makes me be like, "What am I actually putting out there? What message am I sending?" You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. That's my my ramble on that. I wonder if maybe there's a part of it that feels like a little bit less salient to me, just because of the girl online factor. Like mm-hmm. I. I'm used to it from other areas of life, like people kind of like projecting a bunch of expectations onto you. And so maybe on some level, I both expect it more. I I, I kind of like in my worldview, it's just like a reality that has to be navigated. And I also have probably had more practice rejecting people. It's like something that I have to do a lot. And it, 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 I guess like when it's new to you, it feels like you know how bad it hurts to be rejected when you're on that side of it. And it, and I think you can almost feel angry that someone's putting you in this position where right. you're having to draw a boundary and exclude them in some way. And you're like, why would totally. you do this to me? Why can't you just be cool? Um, and I, I like have so much empathy for that because there is still like as much as I may be desensitized to it anytime anybody wants something from me and I have to say no, it's like, I wish I could say yes. I wish I had unlimited time and attention and patience and compatibility and I could make everybody in the world happy and that would be fantastic. But it's, it's just not the way that things are. I think that, um, there's, there's another part of it that feels like maybe, um, I understand that like to cultivate the vibe you have to have some sort of boundaries and the vibe is like 
it's something that I'm willing to put ahead of the feelings of somebody that I don't know. And there's something about like having like clarity on that as my value. Like, it's like, look, this is a space where I do a lot of like personal exploration and growth and connecting with other people. And all of that relies on my vibe where I feel comfortable doing all those things. And that, that takes priority over your expectations or things like that. And so it's easy for me to be like, sorry, if you're, if you're not fitting the vibe, um, I'm just, I'm just not going to like engage with you on the level that you're looking for. Another thing too, is I find that you don't really have to reject people outright very often. I think that, um, like if you don't feed things attention, they die out on their own. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's amazing how much like just the absence of a like or a reply communicates that like, this is not what I'm looking for. Bring something else into this space. If you want to get engagement from me. (laughs) Yeah. I I think you're like, I think you're a couple clicks ahead of me on having thought this through and it's useful to hear your thoughts for me specifically. Um, there's something like, it's also that the ability to set boundaries prevents you from getting burned out, prevents bad interactions, and therefore establishes the possibility of more good interactions and more good things with people. You know, it's a protection yeah. of the good thing you're building. Um, Vecnan, I believe you that you had to turn down a guy at a gay bar and felt bad. I believe you about both. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm bisexual, so I never have to turn somebody down based solely on orientation. That's one of the perks <laughs> of being me. <laughs> There you go. There you yeah. go. Yeah, you take your wins where you can get them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why not? I didn't know I was in a gay bar, so I felt especially bad. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you douchebag. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Right, yeah, that would feel sad because it's like they had a reasonable expectation that that would not be the reason that they were rejected. <laughs> yeah. Good to oh, see you, no. Vogelfrey. Thanks for thanks for coming You're back. Welcome. See you later. Always good to have you. Mm-hmm. Former guest, Sir Vogelfrey. Mm-hmm. Interview Fistlosopher. Maybe I will. Yeah, I don't. I don't actually know who Fistlosopher. I don't know if I follow that person, but I'm intrigued. Why not? Um, okay, I decided that we're going to Canada. That's where I live. Yeah, that's why. I think I had it in my head that I you were just going to you were just going to say Canada, but I think I stereotyped you a little bit. <laughs> no, I think if I was going somewhere next, I probably would have chosen Alaska, but Alaska is just American Canada. We can go to I I I want to go to snow. No, yeah, that sounds delightful. How do we go to snow? Maybe Alaska's a better bet. Yeah. It, as far north as possible, right? That would be what I would think. Oh shit! Should we go to like straight like? What's my favorite cheap alcohol drink? Um, that's a good question. Lately, I have Bailey's from Christmas, so I get that in my coffee all the time. Nice. Enjoy that a lot. I also learned how to make Cosmos a while ago, and I enjoyed that a lot. They feel like fancy and girly. <laughs> how do you make it? I don't know if that's cheap though. I don't remember. I think it's like cranberry juice and vodka and maybe some lime juice too. Maybe some other stuff. I don't remember now, but they were delicious. It was back when we could have parties and then I invite people over and I'd make them all Cosmos and I'd feel so, I don't know, Hmm. glamorous. (laughs) Nice. Oh, Anchorage. The tricky thing about the North seems to be that it's dark as hell all the time. 
It is dark. People get sad. S-A-D, sad. Right. S-A-D. Yeah. Sad. <laughs> they have to buy happy lamps. Yeah. All right, well, let's try Let's just try it. Let's just try Alaska. Oh, no. We didn't mean to make you sad, Chevron 42. No, I'm S-A-D. Any uh, preferences for another plane, or do we stick with this plane? Oh, I do love our little blue plane, actually. I think I'd be sad to see it go. All right, we're sticking with little blue. Little, little blue. blue. Aw. All right. So cute. Let's check out Alaska and see what we get here. Was it popular? Damn, I forgot about parties. Yeah, dude. I don't know what well whiskeys are. I don't know what that is. I, I, I know what I like, and what I like is scotch, and I know like about five scotches, and I've compared them, and I have opinions on them, but I don't actually know the whole range. Go to alert. I don't know what that means. Uh, fermented ewe's milk. <laughs> what? Oh, to <laughs> top shelf, mid shelf, bottom shelf. Oh, well, well is like cheap. Wait, look at look. This is Alaska. I want mm. it to be snowy. This is bullshit. Oh, it's quite lush, though. <laughs> this is bullshit. I think parts of Jurassic Park were filmed in Alaska. I try to go to Alaska. It's January, and it looks like this. Oh, alert is a place. <laughs> Get, we're getting out. I want to go to cold Alaska. The problem is it might be super dark. I'll try this alert in none of us. Alert is the farthest place north in Canada. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, in Canada. None of it is the same age as my baby sister. It's weird that places can have ages. Look at the sun. It literally just never is going to be light here. Um, <laughs> wait, does it get really like short days in Canada? Yeah, we our days get very short, and then oh. in the summer our days are like really long. Like it's you have to have blackout blinds, or else you wouldn't be able to sleep regular schedule because oh, it's wow. just bright still at like eleven o'clock in the night. All right, well we could just go way up there. Fuck warm Alaska. <laughs> what about Stewart? Does that seem like a place that would? Stewart. This looks cold. I'm clicking it. Okay. Edmonton International. That's on oh, Calgary. Those are real places. Vancouver. Yeah, those are real that's, places. That's actually my hometown. Which one? Edmonton. Oh, cool. It's mm. it's a rival. It's usually a really fun festival city. Of course, this year has been an exception. Right. I don't think we're going to make it on this run because it's three hours away from the place we started, but... We'll go in. We'll, we're going in that direction through many strange places. Yeah, we're heading home. Yeah, Aww. heading home. That's cute. Assume the Inuits lost a lot of flights. Oh, what's your favorite <laughs> cheap drink? Fight. Um, cheap drink. I mean, I like Bullet. If we're talking about whiskey, I like Bullet. I, I don't. Is that sub twenty-five bucks, dude? This place isn't even. All right, well, it looks beautiful, though. Let's just go. Look at this place.
Are you seeing this? Okay, wait, I'm seeing it now, maybe. It's loading up. So green. Oh, wow. It's very green. Beautiful. No snow. Do you travel a lot? Like, do you, do you like Flight Simulator because it reminds you of your, your traveling days, or...? I've traveled a bit. Um, I spent a summer in China, and that was probably the one of the wilder things I've done. Oh, wow. Um, cool. That was cool. It was a crazy experience. I want to travel way more. Yeah, I've, I've been in Europe a little bit. I've, I've seen a couple places like that. Um, been to Turkey. That maybe is also up there on exotic locales. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Mage, there's no snow here. I don't know. There's beautiful, like mountains though which i'm kind of in favor of yeah they feel like like video game hills in the background of like mario or something the, yeah in fact they are video game hills but they are just like video game hills well, well. i guess that's true <laughs> like other video game hills yeah um we could go see santa in the north pole yeah yeah we could see santa santa <laughs> Santa, I know him. Yeah. Are you are you homies with Santa? No, but I love Elf so much. It's uh, like the best Christmas movie of all time. You know, one day, I think it was like a year ago, I was home and my mom just decides we're going to watch Elf and like Again, if, it's not Christmas time? No, it it was around Christmas time, but it, it was just deeply okay, out of okay. character for her. Like, oh, really? Very That's out of funny. character. Like, and we watched the whole thing, and I think they didn't laugh, like, one time, like, her, her and my dad. And then they were like, what? yeah, that was that good. I was like, what did we just, what just happened? Um, That's so funny. It was weird. Moms love Elf. It's like, you get to some scene where he's just eating candy out of a ball, you know, that all the marshmallows and shit. They're, they were not having it. That's so funny. It's really weird um, watching movies with people who are, like, visibly not enjoying the movie. <laughs> it's, like, a very weird feeling. It's, yeah. I imagine Kersey's whole family <laughs> has the stash. That's right. We that's just sit around. very funny. Now that's what I'm picturing, too. That's great. <laughs> My dad does kind of a little bit. <laughs> Um, oh, there's snow over there. I see snow-capped mountains over there um, behind us. Oh, nice. Maybe we're going to go over there. Okay. We're hunting for snow. Yeah. For snow. Sorry, that's not how you said that. But I just... <laughs> you just have a great <laughs> voice. You have a great voice. Thank um, you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh oh! All right, Magic guys. <laughs> Vecnan, Vecnan is. I love it. I like bossy Vecnan. It's fun. <laughs> bossy Vecnan. That's another one we gotta recall. Bossy. <laughs> bossy Vecnan critter. I'm writing this down so I can remember to tweet about it. I've got I've got tarot cards right here. I can do like uh poll for the chat yeah totally oh my wait can you do that 
Um, by the way, Holy Weather, I have read that book. I think I read it. In, they had us read it in school. Oh, yeah, I never read Hatchet either. No, but I did read it. Yeah, but I didn't. <laughs> but you said either. <laughs> uh oh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Um, wait, what are you going to do? You got, you've got tarot cards on hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I'll pull I'll pull a card for the chat. I don't know. I'm not going to ask, like, even a question. Okay. I'm just going to let tarot deck decide what we need to know Our chat. collectively as a Chat, get hype. You're about to get... You're, yeah, you're about to get pulled. Yeah, this is like real magical knowledge that you're going to be dropped upon. Long range magic. <laughs> long range magic. You, I have done a lot of long range magic, and it is very effective. Oh, seven of swords. This is great. This is like some trickster energy. This is like. I want to look at that. Sorry for the walls. Can you see it well? Oh, cool. Ooh. That's pretty. Yeah, it's, it's shiny. Yeah. That guy's just toting around um, with swords. Yeah, yeah. It's like um, it, I I like it for um a poll for a stream chat because it's very much like um like poorly thought out plans and like trickster energy and um yeah I don't know like yeah it has like goofy vibes for sure. I feel like it's fun. Plus more about the sword toter. Um, it's like the idea is that um, he's, he's kind of like leaving stuff behind. Like you can see there's two swords behind him still. And so the idea is that he's like doing something that he hasn't thought all the way through. Oh yeah, that pond is really pretty too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's, he's doing something that he hasn't thought through. He's like getting he's trying to get away with as much as he can but right. there's stuff that's going to get left behind in in the chaos um and it's like the idea is that he's acting alone but there the number of swords implies that there's like a group of people who are the the victim of this prank uh -huh. and so in different contexts that can mean different things but it, in in the context of like a stream it makes me feel like it represents the way that we're all kind of coming get together on our own and willing to put ourselves up as the the jokester at any given moment on behalf of the rest of the group and i think that there's maybe like something about being able to like consume and take like the the chat is here enjoying and consuming what what we are putting ourselves out there and making ourselves available to produce what does it mean when a card is upside down it it means it's it's called a reversed so a reversed card represents that whatever energy that, that card is talking about is like blocked um and um so sometimes some cards don't change, like the meaning doesn't change much when it gets reversed. Lots of cards are kind of like so pure in their energy that they mean the same thing, whether they're upright or not. Mm. But other cards, it can be really stark contrast. So like um, card like this, if it's like pulled up and you're asking for advice, it, it would mean something like wing it, do what, do what you want. Uh, don't ask for permission, um, like ask for forgiveness later kind of thing. Right. But if it was up or down, it was like, it, the, the advice is like, you are in over your head, think this through, 
ask for somebody else's help. Make sure that you don't leave anything behind because what you're doing is like actually important. So this is like the shit posting side, and then the upside down would be like stop shit posting. Not like, safe to shit post right now. Tighten it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and um, and don't be impulsive. It's like a very impulsive card. This is wild. So oh, you I, got Knight of Pentacles for us. Oh, I like that. That's what is, fun. What does it mean? What does it mean? <laughs> um, it means that we're kind of like we're we're making a real world connection in a way. To me, that's what I see. Because the knight is yeah. holding the pentacle out, and he's like looking at it very lovingly. And the pentacle re represents kind of like earthly things, what's available in the material world. And I kind of like that. I like the idea that yeah. we're. We've maybe like got a little lot of philosophical background and like metaphysical um, interests, but when we're connecting here, the primary goal is to like connect as people and chill right. and feel connected with the people in the chat too. And I like that. That's like the priority. Yeah. Nice. Sort of making something real. What is what is a pentacle? <laughs> what <laughs> maybe is, is like, a pentacle? It's like a coin. Is a coin? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Which is it's a it's a funny example of materiality. It's like very mm. tied with work and practice and um, maturity, responsibility. But then also um, like earthly pleasures, uh, like uh, the King of Pentacles is like very regal and has like very obvious wealth, and he's enjoying it. And he feels good about that. He doesn't feel guilty about being wealthy. He feels like he's, he, that's a sign of his development as a person, that he's right. been able to surround himself with luxury. And so it's like, yeah, it's it's the path of earthly things. You, you said earthly pleasures, <laughs> and I looked around for my whiskey. I was like, where are earthly pleasures? Oh, yeah. yeah. I reminded you. Yeah. <laughs> it's a French metal band. Pentangle is the hippie band. A pentacle is half of a tentacle. <laughs> Savage. Oh. Commitment to one's goals. So fun. You know, that's another thing, like, I feel like it would be fun if more people did Twitch stuff, like, more like the Twitter people did Twitch stuff. Um, I think some do. I don't know everyone who does. Um, but I feel like tarot is pretty good content. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like people watch that, like, I'm kind of into it. It's sort of interesting. I'm half. Yeah, I really like it too. I'm, I'm. I half want to ask you to like do me, but um. Yeah. Whenever I see it in in fiction, they they pull some shit and they're like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> like, I'm sure it won't be like that. But can it be like that? It definitely like um it this this deck in particular I find is not afraid to be very blunt. Uh -huh. Um, but, uh, it, it's, it's never wrong. Uh-huh. And I do think that it's ultimately like very benevolent. So when it's being very blunt, it's because it's something that you really will take better because you're seeing it coming. Right. So it, it's worth it in the end. I, I do feel like I have, um, you know, the main one that I, I get from this deck that, that doesn't make people happy is I, I draw the tower when things aren't going to work out or when things are going to change in really drastic ways. Um, 
the the tower card will come out and i'll have to tell people it's like oh that relationship <laughs> yeah that's gonna be over real quick uh -huh. Sometimes it's my own relationship and I'm like, oh, do I tell you that I no? Oh, yeah. Well, I guess I guess I got to tell you the truth is truth is part of the magic. Right. All right. I'm fucking ready. Let's do some. Also, uh, anyone if anyone in chat wants to say again. Oh, yeah. If, if you have a specific question and that goes to you or to anybody else in the chat, too. Oh, no. Oh, no. Remind me never to pull a card for my dog ever in my life. <laughs> fuck that. No, fuck that. Yeah. Okay. Do you have a question, Kersey, or? Right. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I can think of a question. Give me a second. Okay. What, what, just like life questions? Like, um. Anything. Anything? Yeah, it'll answer anything. All right. What I want to ask is like, Right now, I'm going through a period that's pretty unclear. That's how I feel. And okay. in the sense that I've got a lot of projects, I've got a lot of sort of commitments. I pick things up, I drop things. It's never quite clear, like, what's going to work. You know what I'm saying? Um, like, I'm not sure if I have the right heading. I feel kind of, like, lost in the mist. And I do think I'll figure it out. But that is, like, what's, like, very much on my mind. So I guess I'd ask, like... I don't know. How do I relate to that? Is that a good question? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's interesting because a card already comes. Like, sometimes I get pictures of the cards in my head while people are asking the questions. Yeah. I'll tell you what it was if it's whether it's the same or different as okay. whatever I pull for you. But... <laughs> okay. How should you relate to all this uncertainty? Oh, so interesting. It isn't what I thought it was, but it was a card that has a very similar energy. Okay. Um, this is the Four of Cups. So it's like somebody is sitting under a tree. Yeah. And there's three cups in front of them, and then there's a fourth cup being offered. Right. Not looking at it. Right. Um, and so in this case, what what i imagine i'm also not looking at the plane which just flipped over um okay we're good <laughs> okay sorry go go for it <laughs> well i guess what i what i wonder is like how do you feel about the character sitting under the tree I, well, what's your reaction when you see the person sitting there i was like yeah that's me <laughs> i was like yeah i'm <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking about my cups, and I'm not thinking about the cup. And I'm not thinking about the cup. You know what I mean? That I, you know I, mean? That I have. Also, I'm getting double audio. I don't know if that's what's happening there, but maybe it just turned. It just stopped being double audio. Yeah, that was my reaction. Yeah, that's like it's it's interesting because depending on on how you read it, um, the advice is different. Yeah. Um, people will have really positive emotions about yeah. the sitting under the tree um but for for you you're kind of seeing it as like oh that's that's the thing that i'm doing wrong too yeah and so like i imagine is that there there are like things that you already have mm -hmm. and are kind of the the sphere of potential imminent around you and you're not 
like noticing the patterns. You're not noticing the similarities and the differences and you're not like getting the intuitions that you could be if you were engaging outside of yourself. Because I definitely read him usually as sitting here and having a very inward focus too. Like it's his body language is kind of like all drawing in toward himself. A little self-absorbed, yeah. Outside of him. Yeah, I, I almost felt mad about it. Oh, yeah? You felt mad about it? That's yeah. so interesting. Well, I felt mad because I was like, we do want to answer. I want to. I also want to get to Vecna's question because Vecna's question is good. But I felt like, um, like you motherfucker, why are you pick up that cup? <laughs> That's how I felt. Right, right. Take it. Vecna says that means it's true if you thought and it's mad interesting too because you asked how do i relate to that right i wonder if i'd have pulled a different card if you asked how should i relate to that (laughs) right this seems like it resonated with you a lot as like this is where i'm at yes (laughs) well it it seems like your deck has a sense of humor because i did want to know how should i i I did want to know how should i but it gave me well this is how you do which is what i asked yeah yeah that's true trolling me another the, the card that i had in mind was slightly different i yeah, wonder what is if it? i can find it somewhere uh the 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 card is the knight of uh wands and um the reason that came to mind i think for me is that it's the card that i've gotten from my deck when i've felt really unclear and i've been like trying a bunch of things and not knowing what's gonna stick right um, and it's a card about somebody who's like tapped into their energy. And so they're like kind of overflowing with inspiration, but they haven't matured enough to find direction. So they don't know how to channel all of this like crazy wild energy that they have. Right. Gives it uh, like sort of a restless vibe. That also relates. I, I, yeah. spent, I spent this year basically thinking like, how do I be more generative? This was actually a, a thing. I was like, how do I make more stuff this year? And I basically figured out how to make more stuff. And I'm making all this stuff and it's like exploding out my ears. I've got like, I got a newsletter. I got this. I'm tr- coaching people. I, I can make a giant list and it's like I'm writing fiction or you know, videos. But like, it's lacking direction. It's for sure lacking direction. Right. So it almost makes sense then that like, this, see, this is the night. And, and he kind of reflects where you're at now too. Yeah. Like, look at you go. <laughs> you're going you're moving right, right. um at, at the same time it's like what what the deck probably thinks you need to understand is that there's like some like, emotional source of power behind all the creativity um besides just the energy and the intuition and there's like maybe something about how you feel that ought to be going into your work right but you haven't been tapping into it yet. Cool. Thank you. That'll You're give, welcome. That'll it's give me fine. something to think about. Yeah. Vecton had a did have a question. What is the path forward for the community? Which is an interesting. Oh, interesting. Which you can take if if you wish to. I don't know how the the magical tides go, and you know when it when it speaks and when it doesn't. But if it appeals. Oh, speaks. It's just if you have the courage to to ask, which 
at times fails me. Hmm. I'm noticing this is pretty cool. This little software on the plane shows you like all the all the hills. Mm, oh, it knows the topography. Yeah. Vecnan is thinking about a leading role. Or or mm. he gesticulates broadly that some want this. I mean, you know. Yes, it's very interesting. Oh, my favorite. This is one of my favorite cards by far. It's the Nine of Pentacles. And this is a brilliant, brilliant answer to the question. I see this. Um, but what this is to me, it, like the the least woo, most like in a nutshell way I can put it, is that this card soft discipline. Uh, I don't know if you can see she's got this little bird on okay. her on her shoulder and and uh if you knew about it you would know it, it's a falcon she's a falconer um cool. so it's this idea that this lovely little lady uh has this bird of prey that that, that um you know has invested its allegiance to her and, and it's through this sort of like warmth you see in her character that she's been able to create a relationship with a more powerful and wild and free side of herself. And mm. like the mastery of that kind of discipline is what has brought her her wealth. Oh, are those, all those coins are the wealth? Yeah. It's very cool. I like it, this. It, on, on maybe like, like a darker though, she's also alone. And, um, and that's something that I find significant. Um, I think right now, it's, it's an interesting answer to what is the way forward for the community. Because to me, what it's saying is that the way forward for the community is for each individual to really like double down in their commitment to their own personal development. Mm. We're all kind of like separate from each other right now. And if we're going to be able to like overcome the like increasing levels of separation that we're facing, we're both going, we're, we're all going to have to kind of like up the intensity of our our energetic openness and that's going to take a lot of like personal development work to do that because you're going to have to you're going to have to it's like a it's like singing again it's like to uh -huh. be able to get your voice to the back of the room you've got to train so that you can hold your body open and all of that uh resonance can get out into the entire room and that's that's what we'll have to be doing here too how do you feel about that Vecnan? I'm wondering, I'm wondering about the reception of your reading. I'll give him a moment. Yeah, I'm excited. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Very fitting because oh, the fine. community is about introspection. So it's sort of like so so how are you relating that to the introspection thing maybe um for me uh the the way there there's like the the unconscious discipline is right. like the stick <laughs> uh it's like easy to reach for easy to lash out with it's like it's natural in this in the worst sense it's mm. it's 
like hardwired into us. It's so available and it's like the quick path um, that that is like often not fitting. And it takes a lot of introspection to create the space between yourself and that habitual reaction, that mm -hmm. like really quick reflexive emotional reaction and be able to like take a carrot approach and um, create the conditions for um, people to act in alignment with what the community's needs are in, in this context or uh, whatever else. Word. Yeah, interesting. The uh, I like your deck. I keep thinking mm -hmm. about the colors and stuff. It's very striking. Yeah, I like it too. I like the gold foil. It feels a little bit decadent. Yeah. Um, but I also like that it's it's quite faithful to the original Rider Waite Smith um, artwork because uh -huh. that's what you're often guided to learn first. And so it still feels like it's deepening my relationship with the symbolic motifs in the deck. Yeah, nice, <laughs> nice, nice deck, maybe. Um, another pattern mentions the Twitter question. We get the girl with the bird in her hand. That's cool. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Very fun. It's interesting that the bird, the bird is something that we're supposed to master. <laughs> yeah. It's not our job to get Twitter to, <laughs> to fix its shit. We are the shit. We got to yeah. fix ourselves. <laughs> that's right. The answer is get back on Twitter, motherfucker. <laughs> Master it. Yeah. <laughs> no, though also part of mastering it is knowing when to log off. This is something I, I, um, I've been going back and forth with. I like, you know, I sometimes have good addiction kind of feeling where it's just like, hell yeah, it's like working and it's all I want to do, but it's like cool things are happening. And then it's just like, you get a little bit of bad addiction. So I bought that box. I don't know if you saw me tweeting about that fucking box I bought. Oh, right. Yeah. I have it over there. I could grab the box where I, lo I lock my fucking phone in this box. Um, I've been thinking about doing like Twitter Shabbat or like getting the community mm. to do Twitter Shabbat. I don't know if this is sort of like not what people would want to do, but it would basically be like, what if after sundown on one day, we just didn't do it or even for a full day what if all of us just didn't do it. That would be sort of interesting. Yeah. It'd be fun because there would still be a sense of community in not doing it if that's what everybody else is doing. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it would also be forgivable so to a like. Sense of connection. Yeah, and and if people were, you know, group chatting like a little bit, you know what I mean, but just not tweeting a lot. I don't know if that. I don't know. I haven't thought this through that much. It's sort of a half thought that occurred to me. Yeah, it is interesting to think of doing um, like more breaks or even just trying to set like healthy norms in your yeah. own social media circle like yeah it would be it would be interesting to see oh somebody's asking me to ask myself a question <laughs> whoa i guess i guess Let's does see. it work that way um, you can do that right oh yeah yeah i can totally ask myself that's who i usually ask about is myself yeah i wonder what my question is though it's i think that's like almost the stranger one. Oh, have maybe ask multi a question. Oh yeah, I could do that actually, if that's more fun. Drawing another card. Cause we could have a conversation and that would be funny. I'm down. I wonder what I'm curious about, about multi. First thing that comes to my mind is I wonder about how she's feeling 
about Twitter as a dating landscape because that's something that kind of drew her there, but she hasn't been dating anybody other than her for a while. So that's, that's my question. So there you go. I have to be multi. There's no, yeah, see, I need camera angle or something. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's a strange way that I thought that I was sort of over it for a little while. And I thought part of it was maybe that there was some sort of like, like respect for pandemic world that came from it. Like it didn't feel fair that everybody is outlawed from dating in person. And I'm like really comfortable with long distance stuff, Mm. but it feels like in solidarity with everybody else, it feels like bad to maybe have a new romantic connection when nobody else is allowed to really pursue that in the medium that feels comfortable for them but i did find that like i was uh, maybe it's the full moon energy but i was (laughs) getting more attention lately and i was more receptive to it than i thought and somebody asked me on a date recently and i didn't say yes but it was something that i like surprised myself and i think a lot of it was because the person who asked me out they were really casual about it and they didn't give me any vibes that they, like expected it to necessarily go anywhere especially given the global circumstances so i don't know i feel like i'm not answering the question how do i feel about it is not the same as what am i doing how do i feel about it sometimes i feel conflicted about the extent like paradoxical and i don't know like if it's a balanced paradox like am i using dating online as a way to get closer to people or a way to keep a comfortable distance from them so that I don't mm. have to have the sort of intimacy that I would be having in a like physical <laughs> location relationship. Mm. Um, I, yeah, I guess I'm just like, I'm like watchful of myself for that because I strong, I have a strong preference for having tools in my life that help me confront my fears of intimacy. And I hope that I'm using this this way and I can make an argument for it like this would be a much more isolating world for me since March if I wasn't super active on Twitter and enjoying the company of people there but at the same time yeah I've, I've kind of invited people into an emotional space with me sometimes that I knew was limited in a way that maybe they didn't really anticipate and I've been fine with that limitation I haven't like craved the extra intimacy in fact like I say maybe I even feared that extra level of intimacy and then to see it really bother them that that wasn't available and have things like maybe end over that or something like that it makes me question if it's like fair me to invite people into those kind of feelings knowing that I'm not really offering the full package but mm-hmm. it's actually something that me as like a sort of I, I don't know their insecurity feels like a loaded term but there's a doubt about polyamory that way too like sometimes monogamous people feel like it's a really important part of the relationship that you're offering like your full time and attention to one person And even though people get into relationships with me knowing that I have relationships with other people and that I don't have like all of my romantic time and affection available for one person, the reality of that for people who are new to that kind of lifestyle can be difficult for them to get used to. And sometimes I feel a little bit of guilt, like maybe that's not, that's not super fair 
but I don't know. It, it's hard to be fair to everybody. <laughs> well, right. Well, and it's like, are they prepared? I mean, it seems to me like they've either tried it or they haven't. And if they haven't, they better be ready for something to be new, right? And if they have, then they probably should, would be, you know, have have some sense. That, that would sort of be my take, but I don't know how that sits with yeah. you. Yeah, I think sometimes it's like, it's, it's strange to me because I find that um, that my side of having multiple partners tends to be a little bit more um, fraught for me than mm. my partner's side of having other partners. Like sharing him, no problem. It's easy. Go and do whatever you want, baby. I love right. you. It's great. And and there's just like, I don't have to manage any of the feelings around that. But I think that like, even in just my, my, my like relationship number one, I'm not completely 100% comfortable with like, having a sexuality and having that be a live ask in a relationship, like to want to interact on that level. So to then be like, have two sexual partners, it's like, oh my gosh, that's right. like, how could you ask for that? No one will love you. You're so greedy. And uh -huh. it's like a little, a little like fear that I have in my head that it's like difficult. It's, it's difficult for me to get over it. Even if no one else in the situation is having these feelings about me, I'm like, no, I'm like, not supposed. I'm a woman. I'm supposed to be all chaste and pure or something like that, right. which is something I never like consciously think about myself, but the, the programming is there. I grew up in a family that was really conservative and the idea of like being a sexually liberated woman was not something that I was raised to like see on the horizons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I find that I, the older I get and the more I feel like I kind of learn about the world, the more and more I'm like, damn, there's another thing that is complicated about being a woman in a different way that I didn't think of. Like, I, I get that thought a lot where I'm like, holy shit, I didn't have to deal with... The one that was hit me the other day, I don't know why I was even thinking about this, was something... It was something somebody said on Twitter, I'm pretty sure. Um, it was something like, you know, sort of like being a kid, right? And then suddenly, you know, as they put it, suddenly being, like, given, like, the goods, right? Where like something changes and like now you're on the marketplace in people's eyes right and that being just a whole transition to like deal with and think about is just an example of a thing where i was just like you know i feel like my empathy's gone up a little bit over the years just thinking about things but um something you said made me think about that that's true i do remember like the point at which as a little girl i realized i like looked like something and that that was more important because i was a girl <laughs> right right like at some point in like sixth grade i had to learn about fashion and mm -hmm. guys at in sixth grade did not have to learn about fashion and it's right. like weird don't remember anyone like coming to my door and knocking on it and being like hello we're the fashion police we come mm -hmm. for women to sixth grade and we start chasing them so we're just here to let you know you better study fashion like right. that didn't happen and yet somehow I, it dawned on me that like right. this was going to be a big part of whether or not i had social status and it's like oh weird yeah i don't know what it, what happened to me but it was at some point in high school i started going to the mall i started thinking about clothes in high school 
Um, yeah. Yeah, I, it happens for guys, but it feels like, yeah, a little bit later, maybe. A little later and lower, different stakes. Lower, in many ways, lower, much lower stakes, I would say. Um, yeah. Speaking in generalities. Fashion is red. Vecton happens to run or ha has run in the past a big uh, a fashion subreddit. Um, oh, fine. There's always the autiste move of opting out of the status game gets you bullet, though. Yeah. It's sort of opting out I is sort of just choosing to be okay with losing is sort of one way to put it. It's a little bit... You do want to opt out of some of those things, but, but it, you know, some kind of balance. It's funny. It's like, if I had a worse hand, I would fold. Mm. But there's a few good cards in there. Mm. And so I, like, can't help but kind of want to play it out. Like, <laughs> I got some stuff going for me. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I'm liking these... I'm liking these little mountains, by the way. This environment's change of pace. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's very serene. I feel like traveling is one of the few things that, like, would invoke presence for me before I knew about, like, psychedelics or meditation or anything mm. like that. Mm. Just, like, getting hit with the feeling of being in a totally new environment and suddenly I'm aware of how it smells different and it feels different in my skin and it looks different and it just uh, the entire immersive sensory experience of like being in a different place right. would like shock me into these moments of clarity that I've like been like oh this is the travel feeling when I'm like on a trip or uh, meditating really deeply or something like it's like ah. Oh. You know, I I almost reliably have big breakthroughs when I'm on long plane rides. Oh yeah. It, there's just something about it. It might it might just be not having be not having internet for like 16 hours or whatever the hell it is. It might or 13, you know. It might just literally be that. I'm not sure, but it just there's something just I, again, it's like a liminal space. Like I feel like I'm in a portal between yeah. worlds where I can have new something new can happen, you know. Yeah. Last big break <laughs> breakthrough is a day spent in planes. When I was young, I loved flying. I thought it was the most exciting thing. And as I've gotten older, I've developed more and more like flight anxiety. Oh, really? It brings out existential terror in me in a great way. But it <laughs> is like, I'm like very aware when I'm in a plane that I'm like a, a flushy meat being in a tin can yeah like suspended very far above anything solid and it like i feel i feel fragile there's like a body horror to uh -huh. it for me uh-huh i've absolutely hope had i didn't that. ruin flying. <laughs> <laughs> no the one the big one i had is i remember being on a plane reading a tom clancy novel which I don't usually do, but reading a Tom Clancy novel about like a plane hijacking while I was on the plane, <laughs> that was that was an experience just like a long time ago. Um, yeah, that's that's fun. I I've watched like Poseidon on a cruise. Uh -huh. and it's like the boat flips over. You're like uh -huh. no, <laughs> too real right now. 
You know, I've only been on one cruise, and it was literally the um, the cheapest one we could find. It was a friend and I. We found we literally <laughs> looked at it. We we're like, "What's the cheapest cruise?" And we found a real cheap. We, we it was like a couple hundred bucks. Like it was really cheap um, for like eight days or who knows. It was a weird experience. We we, had, we were thinking like, "Oh, we're gonna meet girls. It's gonna be great." It was just like all old people. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a lot of old people. I feel like there are some some. I like great... him though. I like the ocean. I like to be on a boat. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I would like to travel more by boat. There's something like you know, get some time to write. You know, get some time to. What you don't like the boat? <laughs> Evacna Kurzia, are you serious about Twitter Shabbat? I've always wanted to be in a plane crash. Yeah. Oh. In group cruise. In group cruise would be so funny. <laughs> I will go. I will just commit to going. I will so go. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my god. It would we, be so exciting. Oh, we, that would be the best. We have to slowly start taking this in group phrase like out of circulation, in my opinion. I, I find it cringy. It is it is useful. It is something the in group uses. It is indicative. I, I find it cringy a little bit, but no, no, no hate on you, Mr. Critter. Obviously, it's, it's sort of an adopted term, but I don't know. I have opinions. It is hard to think of a different word. I, I do think that what I like about the term in-group is it's like Inside you're part. you're saying the quiet part out loud a little bit. Like, right. it, it's like Polly. Like, like there's right. limited time and attention. People are going to be excluded from your group of friends. Like, you cannot have everybody in the group chat. It'll be a complete disaster. So uh -huh. it's, like, kind of nice to have a word where you can, like, admit that you're not inclusive of everybody in a playful way that everyone see as like not super serious or aggressive or anything like that. Right. It's like not very militant. I agree with that, but I feel like it's like a, if we were to dig into this, not that we should, but if we were to dig into this, it's like my, what I think is like, it's a, it feels overcompensating. It's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Exclude people. Just exclude them. <laughs> Just feel good about it. You have to do yeah, it a little bit. Um, I don't <laughs> know. I'm finicky. About... Like Rome cult. That's an interesting comparison. Gang is good. Yeah. It's Rome. funny because I don't. I don't find. I don't find in group cringy, but I definitely find Rome cult cringy. Oh, don't really? tell anybody at Rome that I said this, but I'm so sorry. I feel uh, I like, I'm like winded by like the impact of like, I have said the thing. Oh uh -huh. no. <laughs> but it's, there's something about like brand loyalty that I've always like uh -huh. bristled at. Like the, I, I don't know. It like reminds me of like boys who get mad about whether xbox or playstation's better and i'm just like guys capitalism cuffed you so hard like this is embarrassing but like yeah i'm so sorry <laughs> right i'm so sorry to the in-group members that love rome called i really I mean, I'm, playstation is playstation is better and and pc i guess is best of all is what i recently oh thought. yeah that's why <laughs> pc is never included in the dichotomy because it would just like slay every time it would break, for sure right um it's interesting to hear you say that. I don't find the phrase. I don't find the phrase 
Um, uh, we got some nice water effects here. I'm, I'm liking this. this oh is, yeah, this is pretty it's sick. pretty. In fact, I think we're at a although the forest elevation. is like so dense that you know something terrible lives there. Oh yeah, if you get lost in that forest, you just die. I think you're dead, um, or worse. Oh god, let's get a little altitude. The what up, Zach? Welcome back. So, impro gang. Um, I don't find the phrase Rome cult cringy. Like, I think it's kind of cute. I don't know, like the cult thing. I, I would never announce myself as part of it, except ironically, though. I think that I wouldn't, you know what I mean? So there is a little bit. Um, but that's also, that said, I don't use, I don't really use Rome. Um, yeah, it is probably another reason that I avoid it is because I feel like way less smart than anybody who actually like non-ironically uses that for themselves and i'm like i don't know how to do any of this stuff and i don't want to like pretend i know things that i do not i am just not tech savvy enough uh -huh. my second brain is lumpy and oozing and dysfunctional like my first brain and so it's like embarrassing to call myself part of that club right <laughs> yeah it's also interesting because Connor's built an audience that is like kind of fucking huge, right? Like really fast too. Mm -hmm. I, I what is he at? Like four he has a lot of followers um on Twitter, for example. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and and a lot of like growth. Like he's got a lot more followers than he did just like last summer or something like that, you know? Right. And part of it for me though is, is the reason I mention is because it's like when you're scooping from the sea of all of humanity you know what i mean and you're trying to make something out of it you're mm -hmm. very constrained by what you find and it's interesting because like you know with with the sort of corners of twitter that are like you know that i find that i have hang out with i guess it's more it's a little bit narrower and smaller and that's part of what makes it work right but if you find yourself suddenly mm -hmm. with fifty thousand followers you just got to make something that works for that, oh, yeah. you know? Um. Yeah. I definitely, like, see people with big accounts, and I, like, don't know how they live their lives. Like, yeah. that's pretty crazy. Uh, I, I, like, I'm so filtered, and one of my biggest fears is that that would like, have to change if mm. I had, you know, two times, three times, four times as many followers I had even, much less like what Visa or Connor has. You know, it's like, yeah, scary. So if I if I had 70,000 followers or whatever, what I would do is I would make myself little alts that had like 2000 followers each. And I think you could do that yeah. by just yeah. retweeting it now and then I think you'd build it up. Yeah, and, and then you could still have this, like, other part of yourself. Yeah. And, and I do think that it's, like, if you ever ended up with some sort of bigger following, yeah. even if it, like, messed up your Twitter dynamic, it feels, like, wasteful not to, like, accept that platform when it's given to you and try to maybe do something creative with it, mm. um, even if it means relocating your, like, stream of consciousness shitposting mm. to a, a another thing. alt. Like... Yeah, because it just feels like for the bare like ability to be able to signal boost things that my friends do mm. that are cool and important, like I would want to like keep keep the keep the big account going even if it wasn't really like 
suiting the needs that I originally made it for. Mm. So I like I like you guys so much. <laughs> yeah, real talk, real talk hours. I like you guys so much. You're like so cool. And the stuff you do just like brings me oodles of joy, especially when like we're not in a situation to be like doing, I used to do things like I'd go to like spoken word poetry every week and be amazed by what different people had in their perspectives and would offer there. And that was like the most life-giving thing and not having that anymore. Like if I didn't have you guys, I feel like I would just be like itchy from like not being exposed to the creativity of other people. And I, I need you guys in my life. And I, wa I want you to do well. I want to share like the joy that you give me with like the entire internet for sure. <laughs> Hell yeah. You heard it here first. Baby likes us. <laughs> um, <laughs> side note. So we, we happen to have just crossed the three hour threshold. I'm down to chill for longer because I got nothing fucking going on tonight. Or we can also be wrapping it up. We can be, you know, if people want to ask more questions and shit or whatever you want to do, you know, with your schedule and sort of however you want to take it. Um, I'm not doing anything either, so I'm fine to stay for a little while. Uh, and I, I still feel like the conversation has momentum. Like, we're going places. Yeah. I'm going to miss you, though, Vaknin, if you leave. Vecna, thank you for get, getting on the show when you got when you got work. It helps me think that I've got an edge on on, inter, on capitalism. You know what I mean? Like I get a little eyeballs. <laughs> yeah. <she's> yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Who's in chat? Who do we got in chat? We got Holy Weather. Oh, this is really pretty too. Yeah, this is nice. Flight Simulator is a weird game. Yeah. It's just a simulator. Yeah, it's like... It, it's beautiful in its simplicity. Yeah. I'm impressed y'all are still at it after I ate dinner and watched two episodes of Fargo. Oh, we, we, ate, we ate dinner and watched two episodes of Fargo, too, actually. Um, you just weren't here for really? it. Really? No, me and you did. That's fun. <laughs> goes really good i actually haven't seen that's a show right I, i've seen the movie actually is the show good yeah i've seen both and they're both good both kind of same vibes um and, and they I, I feel like there's lots of there's lots of other movies that i've liked that have that same vibe like burn after reading like something about like absurd dramedy <laughs> that's the genre i actually just watched burn after reading i liked it i was into it um, I liked it too. I thought it was really fun. Yeah, I, I watched it because I did a thread like recommend me comedies. Um, and I mm -hmm. paid the second person never followed up with their Venmo, but I'm like, I, I was like, I'll give you, I don't know, it was 10 or 15 bucks if you recommend me one that I like of the stupid mm -hmm. comedy genre. I love doing stuff mm -hmm. like this because I love using money for useful things because, yeah. It's, so easy to not do that. Um, and uh, I got so many recommendations. Then Tyler shows up. Tyler Alterman. Have you, do you know Tyler Alterman? Have you met him? Yeah, I know him a little bit from... We've both like been at the Stoa a little oh, bit. So okay. I think I met him. 
so I can roast him because I know him pretty well uh, and for many years. And so Tyler goes, so I, I very specifically say stupid comedy genre. Okay, so I'm like stupid movies, like right. real dumb. Like I, I'm thinking like Will Ferrell, like Adam Sandler, like the dumbest shit. He goes, oh, burn yeah, after reading, yeah. right? So I'm like, okay, cool, I'll check it out. I watch the movie. This is not a stupid comedy. It's like a clever comedy. It's like an interesting, but, like, smart I mean, comedy. It kind of is, yeah. It, it's a little stupid, but it, it's it's not act truly dumb. And I fucking watched this thing, and I commented, I was like, dude, this wasn't a stupid comedy. And he's like, oh, yeah, sorry, I didn't read it that carefully. And <laughs> this fucking guy, I don't know. There's something to me that's, like, very Tyler about that. <laughs> this guy just fucking... <laughs> He like kind of saw it. And he's like, "Oh, comedy, burn after reading." And then I spent two and a half hours watching the fucking thing. And he's like, "Oh, sorry, I didn't actually like read what you said." Anyway. Back. <laughs> so that's just my. Do I'm you just feel like getting recommendations from the Twitterverse is like one of the biggest perks of, yeah. like, not only being in the Twitterverse, but like, it, it, like, there's few reasons to try to have more followers, but to like have like a thousand followers or something, you really notice that like people start actually answering you when you ask right. like random questions, like sh what, what, what should I watch on TV? And that's very satisfying. Yeah. Somebody asked you something. Where, where did it go? We missed some question that was related to this. Oh, why do you want more followers? was one of the questions um and that that is one answer uh, that. yeah i think having the collective intelligence is good mm -hmm. um i think like there's also something about like when you have more followers then i think something there's like this is really unfortunate to talk about and i hear people say all the time that you're not supposed to reveal how much you understand about social dynamics and mm -hmm. by revealing how much i understand about social dynamics i reveal that i don't understand whichever part has to do with that rule but <laughs> i i definitely see online that like the people who have between like a thousand and five thousand followers are like much quicker to become like regular conversational partners with other people in that kind of area like totally so like as much as it is for like your own ego it's like a signal that like you're cool and you're worth talking to and you're not somebody that just gets repeatedly insta blocked by mm. people trying to have conversations like there's just like a sort of social competence that it kind of like seems to subconsciously like read as to other people yeah that's interesting i definitely so i feel like it's been a whole for me it's been a whole experience of like sort of my idealism about social stuff running into the reality of social stuff it's been a lot of that for twitter um like specifically i do notice myself paying a little bit more attention if they've got like followers in my range versus tw especially if it's 20 or something but even if it's like a couple hundred and i sort of feel like a douchebag like there's still this part of yeah. me like i i think i understand why i do it and why it makes sense to do there's still this part of me that's like no you should just like care about the content or whatever but it's like i don't know it is a signal about who who it is you're interacting with yeah 
I think another part of it that like I I know is true about myself and is not at all an endorsement of it is that mm. I was not popular in in school. Never. Not mm. one time. So like there is like a redemption arc for the little girl that lives within me that's like yeah. people like me now. Yes. Yeah. Fucking roast this them. Is blurst. <laughs> roast them. Get, get popular. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because it does feel like um, it's it's fun to realize that there's like so many parts of being a loser that mm -hmm. are circumstantial and not inherent to a person's personality. And that like, I, I also think I, like I never moved around much as a kid. Yeah. So like I was not cool. And then we like, I, we never moved. So I went to the local elementary and the local middle school and the local high school and it was all the same people and they all knew that i was a loser and i never got a fresh start where i could be like no i'm funny and pretty and you'll like me i promise i was just always like their nerdy kid that yeah. got singled out for beating you on the french exam and nobody <laughs> likes that kid and uh -huh. I, I didn't choose to be that kid that was imposed on me and so now it's nice that i can be uh popular among the other gifted crude burnouts on twitter <laughs> right is uh is the french exam more more competitive in canada i have to ask <laughs> well i mean like <laughs> we do have to take french right uh, so it is like it's like saying i'm better at the math exam it's like something everybody had to take so mm. that's something um but i was it was it was genuinely embarrassing i can't believe that adults didn't do something different with the situation but i used to like they would do exercises in french class and ev in front of everybody i would be given some sort of like time penalty of like you're not allowed to give an answer until you've really given everybody in class a chance to try to answer the question and oh. i'm like okay why? <laughs> they, they throttled you yeah yeah they muzzled me they <laughs> oh were like God. you're too powerful we have to nerf you and i was like it's embarrassing to get nerfed i wonder if if video game characters had feelings yeah if they were very embarrassed about being nerfed it seems like an embarrassing thing from my experience it's embarrassing to be nerfed i'd be mad <laughs> they nerf me um do you speak french <laughs> i assume that means a little bit <laughs> yeah yeah nice. not very much i'm really rusty with it and i didn't i didn't take it in university i switched to latin because i knew i was going into law school and i was gonna have to know all that dumbass oh. latin so so i like the classics i'm big into like you know, I'm I'm big into like Rome and oh, Greece no, and shit. <laughs> what sorry, happened? Sorry. People are saying to nerf me in the chat, and Please I don't nerf. want to be nerfed. <laughs> Please nerf. <laughs> Holy weather wants it. Trebian, Trebian. Tarot reading about the current astrological situation in French while singing. That's intense, Too... man. Oh, difficile. <laughs> too hard i don't know if i can do it i actually like don't even know much about the current astrological situation me and me and magic we like got in a fight and mm. and we're still cooling off mm. it was too right about things and i was spooked 
and then I was just like, I don't want to know the truth anymore. <laughs> so I stopped looking into my soul, hid from myself while I was in law school all semester. So you, you now kinda, maybe we can be friends again. You kind of had a staring into the staring into the abyss experience, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah. It was like I guess there's like there's a way that it's like just totally willing to reflect the truth of a situation, mm. and I was asking it questions about like how I was doing and where I was going and the choices I were made, I was making. And it like, it, it gave me warnings and I was like, I don't want to read the warnings. Mm. I want to think everything is going to go my way. And then things went exactly the way it said, like, I'm mad at you. <laughs> I'm mad at you for warning me and then me not listening. And I'm mad at you for that. It's like interesting to have a relationship with, um, magic or the universe or god or whatever you want to right. call it and and have it feel like that personal relationship like it really feels like it's a friend that like knew i was gonna do something dumb and it was like look like where you're coming from i know how you're feeling and you can get this really good thing out of this but know that like eventually this is like the price that you're gonna have to pay and i'm like i'm not gonna pay the price and it's like yeah you are i told you you were and then i did and i'm like oh my friend is now in this place where they could tell me i told you so and i'm just not even gonna i'm not even gonna look at them i'm like i don't want to look at you because <laughs> i told you so <laughs> the uh it's interesting I, I i actually do kind of relate to that i i had a just a weird experience where for me it's weird to talk about spirituality because i spent many years among like pretty hardcore atheistic rational rationality type people um super scientifically minded about everything right so i like very much speak that language and you know have sort of kept myself you know kept, stayed brushed up on how to speak that language and then it's interesting because when i talk to people who are more comfortable with like the sort of magical spiritual angle on things or religious angle on things i it's hard for me to drop it because I know I, I often don't need to do it, but it's like a little bit hard. But um, just to skip all that preamble, I had this experience recently where I was doing some meditation and I was trying to do, it occurred to me, I was like, I should do some compassion meditation, um, which is something I have never really done a lot of. I've done a million different types of meditative, introspective things. I haven't particularly done this one. And... I tried to do it and I couldn't do it. There was something that happened where like it just wasn't happening. And it was weird because I was like, well, okay, I don't know. I guess like it would be nice if I would be able to like do this compassion meditation. And then a day later, I was having a conversation with a friend who told told me some shit they were going through or whatever. I came home and immediately something cracked, like something cracked open, something changed. And suddenly I was just like... I want to like beam love and hope into the world. Like I want to like lift everybody up. Like that shit was just coming out of me like a fucking waterfall. And it was just crazy. It was like clockwork that it was like, I had the problem a day later. I, I asked the question and then there it was. And you, you know, it's like people who don't believe in, in these kind of things will think it's, they'll have some explanation. Like it's random or you're just seeing a pattern that it, that's not there. But the pattern is there's, there it is. So, you know, interesting question, like really where to go with the sort of interpretations and everything. But, um, yeah, I totally feel the same way. And it, it is, um, 
It, it's kind of interesting. I I, I did a um, a session at the Stoa, and it was yeah. funny. I I was uh, talking about as existential kink. It was supposed to be with the author. He didn't come, so I had to do it by myself. Okay. Um, and that was that was a really fun experience to like have not prepared anything and then have like planned to do an interview and then the interviewee doesn't show up. So it's just me and me uh-huh. covering the whole. The whole landscape there. Well, it's just um, you, but, but you, her Malti, book. and uh, and your clown, and yeah. anyone else besides yeah, exactly. the show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, just start juggling. Do, 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 do. No. Yeah. Um, but the the idea in her book is that um, like your unconscious wants are always fulfilled. Like what you what you really want, you're getting. Um, and so mm-hmm. you can look at your look at what you have as evidence of what you want in the world, and um that it, it's like a, a radical magical perspective and mm. it's like easy to like um <laughs> and uh, take it and end up in some twisted places if you're not like really clear on your intention to to use this kind of lens for spiritual growth and becoming a better person right um but but i like i'm never more frustrated with myself than i am when i know that i've asked for the thing that will hurt me um, mm. because I do it all the time. I really do. I'm like, Oh, you know, it, 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 even sometimes I see something coming and I'm like, Oh, I, this is how I want to feel about it. And I like get ready. And I maybe even do rituals if it's really important to me. And I'm like visualizing and I'm like, okay, I'm going to feel really good. I'm going to feel really good in this situation. I'm going to have a lot of strength. I'm going to have a lot of courage. I'm going to be really compassionate. I'm going to be a loving adult. Mm. And then the thing happens. And in the moment, I'm like, I I want to crumple. I want to fold in on myself. I want to be broken. I want to not have what I need in this situation. And then that's what I get. And it's so bizarre to like have a lens with which you can see yourself in such clarity that you can watch yourself doing something so absurd right. and so unthinkable to your conscious mind. But there is like this weird magnetic feeling around, like I said, I was rejected a lot growing up and that's what's normal to me. And it's like, I have no experience really being like loved and accepted and involved in a community. And so sometimes when I get a little bit out of my comfort zone, I'm like, you know what would be really comforting is to feel like shit. And like, that's crazy. That's crazy that that's how it would feel. But it does, it does it does come up for me and, and and as i'm saying this i there's like the thing coming up for me is like i just my most recent tattoo that i got is an eagle uh-huh. because i had a conversation with visa once and he said that um i i'd asked a question about basically how to be uh more normal right <laughs> and he said it was like a chicken or an eagle asking for lessons about being a chicken and it's like you're not a chicken be an eagle that's what you are you're like this bigger more powerful thing just let yourself be that you don't have to be something smaller and feebler and more consumable right and uh and and it's it's so it's so hit like exactly where my question was coming from it Mm. was like oh i like sometimes i get into this place where i trust myself but i've never really done that before and i'm like feeling like I have some sort of social belonging that's like there to be lost for the first time in my life. And I can sometimes get that little clingy feeling of like, Oh, please, Oh, please, Oh, please don't stop liking me. And then I, and then I have to like 
get all, I don't know, like defensively self-critical and, and, and pile all of these negative vibes on myself just to make sure maybe that I'll survive if uh, I'm not approved of or a hundred other things uh, that come from this past of thinking it's normal not to have a lot of like warm social support in your life. And, and so it's like, I, I kind of like, feel like that's a lot of what went into like taking a step back from magic is like realizing that I wasn't ready to be an eagle in my magical practice. And the magical right. practice doesn't really know how to tone itself down or pull punches. It just tells you the truth. And if you're not ready from the, for the truth, you should put down the tarot deck, <laughs> which is like <laughs> a feeling that I have had in <laughs> retrospect many times. And I've done readings for friends and had that look on their face like, oh no. And I'm like, oh, it's true. And you weren't ready and you thought you were, which is why you asked, oh no. Uh -huh. it's it's a it's a it's a really it's a powerful emotional like experience and it can go either way <laughs> well there, there's a lot of interesting in what you said yeah i mean the the um the imp of the perverse um mm -hmm. is a phrase that that comes to mind um and it refers to that sort of like just the desire to when there's no particular reason to just do the wrong thing <laughs> it's like yeah when, when everything's lined up to just do everything right to instead just do something wrong um yeah and you get a different view it's of humanity often something important <laughs> you what yeah yeah it's often something important too uh -huh. like it's doing something wrong or it really matters me to me to do it right right like that's when the imp is like no you better fuck this one up right <laughs> Meta Potato says, I think that comes from a desire to exercise autonomy. That's interesting. That's an interesting take. I have not heard that take before. Um, One thing that I've thought about it is like in, in tarot spreads, there's a, a, a spot um, that I've been, the way I, it's been taught to me is that it's the spot that shows your hopes and your fears. So one card, but it stands for your hopes and your fears. Mm. And that really taught me that like hope and fear are linked. And so the more hopeful you are about something, the more fearful you are about whatever is the opposition of that. And so I think that there's like, sometimes when I hope for something really, really highly, I'm so afraid of it that by failing, it like resolves the tension with certainty. It's like, if I just fail, I don't have to be afraid of it anymore. I don't have to be afraid of the uncertainty. It'll just be like, I failed. And I can just deal with the consequences and not have to deal with the apprehension and the anxiety or something anymore and and so like i've often been like yeah like like a, a big assignment that i have to hand in and i don't know if i'm gonna do well on i like don't show up i don't hand it in there you go right. zero now you know you failed and then i just with the failure which is less uncomfortable with than the uncertainty so i seem to have crashed our plane by the way speaking of self <laughs> Um, it suddenly wouldn't go up. It's beautiful, though. It is cool. We are in a cool spot. It does look awesome. Yeah, what's the alt? What altitude? We're like at six hundred fifty feet or something. Um, I do seem to have crashed the plane, and I swear that was not on purpose. Um, there's some way to hack this to get me up in the air. 
but I don't know. So you can teleport. <laughs> teleport window. Alright, I just teleported us somewhere. See if that... What the hell is going... Alright, well, I've, I've successfully gotten this book to game... Oh, God. <laughs> Uh-oh. Are you seeing this? Where'd the moon go? Might be I'm... in a few seconds. Here. Oh, okay. We're having Where'd a wild time. <laughs> oh, boy. Name of the Wind has... Or, well, sorry. A, a, the Wise Man's Fear has a couple of different stories about where the moon's, the moon's gone. I thought that that was such a pretty motif. Mm. Like having, um, like writing in your book, like a little myth about the lunar cycle. Yeah. It's like so fun. I thought that that was so pretty. Do you know much about Patrick Rothfuss, the guy? No, I don't know a ton about him. Um, just, I know, I know a little bit because basically when I was, Whatever, we're just going to chill here with the moon. I think that's what we're going to do. Um, oh, nice. I love it. So, in the. Oh, let's get to a, a better vantage point. Because uh, I don't even know what's happening here. Um, maybe get some water. Hopefully, no one feels car sick. Um, I used to read his blog before he was really popular. Um, oh, hey, hey. Yeah, yeah. And he. Uh, there we go. There we go. We're on a mountainside. And he... It was interesting to watch him, like, become popular. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, watching him grow up. Yeah. And it, it was also... Part of that, though, was him, at a certain point, getting stressed that everyone was pressuring him about book three, and then him getting, like, pissed and just being I... like, fuck all you, I'm never answering a question about this again, or whatever. Um, which is, like, how he is now. Right. Um, but he wrote the the trilogy some really old version you know that has is probably not like ready for publication mm -hmm. but like some complete version of the trilogy was written he called it the song of wind and flame and he was trying to publish it but that was after like nine years of him being in school in like madison wisconsin um and he would basically he spent like those like literally like nine years i i think who's that you might remember more than me because it's been a while since i read it Who's the character who's like the older guy that hangs out with them in the friend group? Who's like always been in the school? Oh, Manit. Yeah, Manit. Um, I don't remember if he, I don't know if he confirmed that, but some people have speculated that that's a self insert for Patrick Rothfuss. Um, and uh... right, and he basically like spent this whole time just like he wrote a local newsletter was a big thing like a, a campus newsletter and he just like took chemistry and took fucking um history and he took um you know mythology courses and stuff like that and you can just see all of that in the mm -hmm. book you know um especially like the, the 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 school as being like a major location you know um so that's the bit i, I yeah, had to add definitely um yeah yeah that's really cute i love the idea that he like has a, a fictional cameo going on. Yeah. Alright. Like the idea of like seeing yourself as a side character too. Yeah. I kind of relate to that. I, 
I always found that my favorite characters growing up weren't the main character, usually. Oh, interesting. I really love Quoth, though. It's hard not to love him. <laughs> no, Quoth is Quoth's a baller. Yeah. <laughs> Quoth's a baller. Um, I especially re related because I, just the idea of, like, the autodidacticism thing. Just, like, mm. being able to learn anything and, like, learn it fast and be amazing at it is so appealing to me. Like, I want that power. So that, that was always, like, part of how I stuck that in my head. Yeah, that's so awesome. Just, yep. I just find um, find something about um, there's just there's something really like wholehearted about it. Mm. I can't put my finger on what it is. I think maybe there's something to me about the fact that the whole like arc starts from this place of mm -hmm. like air like joy and love and freedom and and i i guess like that's something that like the lord of the rings like in the hobbit mm -hmm. has sort of the same feeling like the the story like grows to epic proportions and like encompasses like devastating tragedies but it starts in this place that really captures a feeling of home Mm. And it's like a feeling of home that most of us don't even really have. Like it's a mm. it's a it's a feeling of home that is is like idealized, like the little hobbit hole or being part of the Edamaru. It just feels like mm. it's like something really, really beautiful and it's like worth losing as part of the story. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a that's well put. That reminds me there's some line of I think it's Vonnegut or something says you have to make characters that people really, really love and then do terrible things to them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mm. oh. And it would be so hard. It, it it sounds hard like it sounds hard for me to have children. Like, uh -huh. I, I, I struggle so much getting tangled up in my own attachments and my own ego and the idea of, like, having a child and putting it out there into the world. I was just like, oh, the emotional intensity of that. Mm. It, like, I quake in my boots. Um, but that there... The, Art gives me the same feeling in a lot of ways. Definitely to, to do creative writing feels like one of the most vulnerable, like emotional challenges that you can take on. Yeah. Yeah, Chevron said, oh, cool. Lin-Manuel Miranda says the song, the story of tonight from Hamilton was inspired by the energy of Quoth and his buddies walking home from the Aeolian. That's cool. Oh, I love that. Um, Pedro Grosso loves. Those are some loves, of my favorite scenes. <laughs> he, he loves Lin Manuel Miranda. He he talks about him all the time. Oh, fine. Yeah. Um, he also oh, loves Joss Whedon. Mutual love. Yeah, mutual love. <laughs> They're That's mutuals. Fun. I can They're mutuals see IRL. Similar vibes. They're mu IRL mutuals. That's <laughs> right. fucking great. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, maybe. Unless there's anything else you wanted to cover. Uh, why don't we start wrapping this guy up? Um, given that I did already crash ah. the plane and the yeah. game is hanging <laughs> up. It's sort of being real slow now. But, um, right. you know, I feel like we covered a lot of topics and this was super fun. I would definitely have you on again at some point. And oh, I yes. Yeah, I'd love to be a regular. That yeah, no, I, sure. I need this for my wanderlust. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, 
Oh, Lin-Manuel Miranda's working with him to produce the TV show. See, look, my plane's about to crash. I have no idea what's going on. I think I've lost... There's something about this plane. <laughs> well, anyway, it takes us on adventures every time. I'm no, literally pulling stop. back on the joystick, trying to pull up. It's not going up. We're going into the water. It's more fun to fail. Like I said, <laughs> it's like a, it's it's like a gift when you're out here clowning. That's right. Sometimes the universe clowns you. Uh, yes. Yeah. We're getting clowned on by Flight Simulator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There we go. We're in the water. We've made Beautiful. it. We've made it. We're gonna call this it's our like destination. Like a rebirth. Okay. That's right. Yeah, this I is, feel at home. This is the uh, the birth canal of many great things to come. Maybe. <laughs> um, awesome! Yay! So, all right. Thanks to everybody and everyone who hanged on, hung on. Damn it! Damn it! <laughs> till now, um, has been hanging on. Um, you know, showing up, asking questions and shit. And I'm gonna I'm gonna end the stream, but. Uh, this has been great, and we'll be back next week. I believe we're going to have Eigen Robot next week. So that was very hype. Um, but, uh Maybe, I hope you will be back as well, uh, if you, you know, in the audience to, to help shoot the shit, you know. Oh, yeah. I need you there. Yeah, I got to see Robot, for sure. <laughs> for sure. All right, cool. All right. I'll let you go. Thanks so much for having me. For see sure. you later. <laughs> All right, bye, everybody.